it sounds stupid, but I feel smarter than that. Does that make sense? Yes. Like it's like you're like they're insulting like, our intelligence. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's like I feel I feel like I'm I'm smarter than what you just made me watch. <laughs> That's exactly. And it makes me it makes me feel good because I'm like. I, I didn't I didn't succumb to the stupidity that you just tried to put in my brain. I that's understood right. that it was stupid. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And the thing I also mentioned uh, that I think about is that, you know, I used to probably was more passive about that kind of stupidity coming into my brain. But now I like have a security guard in my brain says, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Right. This is this is not this is dumb. Right. I don't want this in my head. Now I see what you're trying to do here. Yeah. But the, but the opposite side of that is sometimes I want to watch something dumb because <laughs> I, there, I do like a lot of stupid humor also. So but when I go when I go into it with a mindset of I, I want something stupid. Yes. Then then it's funny. Stupid can be smart. That's true. Let me unpack that after I Letter clear my Kenny. throat. That's right there. <clears throat> That's right. The Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. Hey, thank you for checking into this edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. For this episode, Colt and I review the year that was 2019 and wax our opinions on yet another year gone by. Another decade for that matter. Don't forget to subscribe to the CEP on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you consume all the glorious podcasts that fill your heart with joy. You can also download the show at the launching pad for all things cerebral at thecepodcast.com. And of course, be sure to pick up your CEP shirts at byjack.com slash CEP. That's B-Y-J-A-C-K dot com slash CEP. We have some very sweet merch there that shan't disappoint, I promise. Now, without further introduction... Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to yet another riveting edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. I am James, and with me as always is my good friend Colt. Yes, sir. I am so ready to see another riveting edition on a shirt on the back of one of these shirts. It's going to be awesome. It's coming. It'll happen, right? We just got to coordinate such things. But yeah, that's definitely going to be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Along with some other slogans, I think we have some idea. At least one, one other one that's that's been in the works for some time, at least in, in my brain, um, which happens to be warm, hint, hint. But anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good to be here, even though it was, you know, as you know, and I will just share with the listeners, a struggle for me this morning. Right. Was running late enough to where I was just going to be on time because we had a nine o'clock schedule today, right, mm-hmm. to start. Was gonna just be right on time, get set up, and would have to hit it, hit the ground running. And I get to my usual route. I take my usual route, and I get to the the bridge coming to your house on this this smaller road. Right. And the river said no. The river said you shan't come this way. You shall not pass. It was. I mean, it was super flooded. It was like the fields back there by the river, uh-huh. all flooded. So was it blocked uh, off? Was it literally blocked off, or was it just no? The, the, you just knew you couldn't get past yeah, it. No, no, the river. It wasn't just going over the over the little bridge. Uh-huh. It was way up on the roads, like on both sides. Like it, it was like, a pond. Does it feel like it rained that much? I didn't think so. It doesn't feel like it. I mean, I knew we were supposed to get a lot of rain, but it. Se- I guess it's just come like when the spurts have come. Like it feels like it's sprinkled mostly over the past couple of days, but I guess when the spurts have come, it's been like massive downpour. Yeah. Now I know a lot about rain. Okay. okay. I've studied a lot about this. Okay. So I'm just going to tell you that when it when it sprinkles for a long time, it saturates the ground and and the waterways, <laughs> right? 
And then when a heavy I, rain does come, I get it. It's it got nowhere it to because, go. I get, it, I got it. Right, like a sponge, uh-huh. a uh-huh. wet sponge. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's. So is this just life experience, or this is actual research that you've done? I've done a lot of rain studies. A lot. Really? No. Is that take beakers and. <laughs> yes. <laughs> No, I just, you know, I think it must have rained a lot last night because my neighborhood tends to flood because, and I'm at the, at the bottom of the hill, unfortunately. And uh, there's a river that runs on the other side of the street from me. It's not actually a river, it's a ditch line, but they had to make it, they had to dig the, de- the, the ditch down deeper because the water comes through there. Uh-huh. And when it does, sometimes when it rains so hard, it floods up on the road, but the water's actually running like a river down like that ditch line. This morning it was, I was like, well, man, it must have rained last night and I slept through it. And then I got to the, the big river down here on the highway mm-hmm. and it was way up into, into the fields. I was like, what the... This, wow. this is a lot of water. And then I got to the little bridge there on your road, and I couldn't go. That was hmm. it. So I had to turn all the way around and go the long way around for me, and uh, that cost me some time. And uh, then I get here, and I put on my headphones, try to, and they fall apart in my hands. i seen that. Yeah, that was uh, – uh, am I looking for sympathy? Yes. Do I want you to feel sorry for me? A little, yeah. I do, yeah, I and now you it. broke your headphones too. It's terrible. I know, right? <laughs> that sucks. That's something I have to live with. So thank you for the use of your headphones this morning. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Yeah, I'm going to break them in nicely for you. My ears have a nice... Thanks for starting that sentence with I'm going to break them. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was when It's I... not like you haven't done that already this When morning. I was putting them on, I was like so genteel, right? <laughs> I was very careful. It was just, yeah. They've lasted you how long, though? About a year, probably? Probably about a year, but still, just to fall apart like that, I'm yeah, pretty I mean, disappointed. We definitely got to get good... with your guy. Yeah. I'm gonna talk to. Sure, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Call, I'm gonna email Sure if I can. Mm-hmm. Somebody from there. I'm gonna see if they can't. And if not, I'll. I'll get it from the guy that I ordered them from, over there at Sweetwater mm-hmm. Music, which I love. Sweetwater. I love those guys. Yeah. They, man, they they give me a call sometimes. Just say, hey, what's going on? You need anything? Oh, do they really? Yeah, and they're not like high pressure salesmen. They're but they're really they know all their stuff. Like they're all musicians and and engineers, audio engineers, and things like that. Right. And yeah. Oh, uh, Forrest is his name. He'll just give me a call sometimes. I just wonder if you need anything. I think my guy was Brian. I or I ordered him, and like two days later, I got a call. It was from like Indiana, I guess. Yeah. They're out of, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't answer it because I don't know anybody in Indiana. Oh. And it was just a voicemail that said, "Hey, I'm this guy. Uh, just wanted to let you know that your headphones you ordered just shipped out. And if there's anything else that we could do for you, and yep. you know whatnot, don't hesitate to give us a holler and everything." I was like, "Well, that's pretty neat. You don't hear that from most places, if you know." You, if you've got anything that you're particularly interested in, podcasting, for instance, then you can let them know. And when you know sales come up, or, or they'll look at certain gear and recommend stuff to you, and just it, it, but it's laid back. It's not like going to buy a car, which right. I hate, right? Yeah, or, or anything like that. Any kind of high pressured sales, I just want to choke those people, right? Sweetwater's great about that. Another thing is, I didn't think to tell you about it, but I don't know. I guess they didn't ask you, but they asked me if I knew anybody else who had utilized them at, for, you know, do I know any other of their customers? And I did. And so they hooked me up with the same guy that helped. It was my cousin. Nice. Um, and so there, I, I, they just kind of make connections that way, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I just like, I like their model. I like their right. format. It's, it's good. It's not, good stuff. Not pressure. Right. But we're here to help with anything you got and the fact that like they actually push when they have sales and stuff like that you don't you don't get that in most places because they're they're literally taking a cut of money so they're not trying to push that in your face yeah and they also have their own line of credit and they are constantly running zero percent interest financing constantly for 48 months like four years on on most of their stuff are they all over or are Um, they just in in indiana 
Yeah, I th- they don't. I don't think they have physical stores. I don't think. Oh, really? They're just online. I think so. I think they're just a warehouse. Interesting. I, I think I, I could be wrong. Yeah. Because the other one, what's the other one? Musicians' friend uh-huh. is the other place that I've ordered from. That's the, where we actually got this mixer from. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually are part of. I guess they're the same as Guitar Center, which Guitar Center does have physical places. Right. So anyway, yeah, but I, I like Sweetwater. Nothing against music, Musicians' friend. I just prefer Sweetwater and their model. I think they're great. So far, so good. Yeah. So, but yeah, I may have to talk to him about these headphones though. I'm going to try to contact Sure first because this is their fault. This isn't Sweetwater's fault. Yeah. Um, I mean, this, I don't know. Nothing. I, I love Sure too. They've never done me wrong so far. They're a high quality product, but that shouldn't happen this morning. That's true. I, I like how you put the, put them in the frame of you. I, I, so I know. I, I want to give visualization <laughs> for anyone who happens to be watching on Facebook, Zuck, including you. This is the broken, sure set of headphones that, yeah, they died today. Yeah, it's so, okay. Anyway, it's right. how are you doing this morning? Good, man. You've got your Letterkenny shirt on. You like that? I do. It's neat. You still, one, one of these days, you're going to have Hulu or you're just going to stay at my house and binge watch Letterkenny. Yeah. yeah. I, I've watched enough of the, um, uh, the, the bits, the pieces. Clips. Clips, thank you. Uh-huh. I've watched enough of those to, you know, I, I know what's up. Yeah. I, I have not watched an entire episode, I don't think. But yeah, but yeah, I get it. I, yeah. I like it. it it's funny. Yeah. Some of the driest, funniest humor that... It, it's the hardest part in the beginning, and my wife still has issues with it, is understanding them. Yeah. Just because we're not used to the accent, and it's very fast. What what they say is very fast, and they repeat things very fast in some instances. Also, in that accent, and it's 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 tough to get. But once you get it, it's just like watching any other show. But I I love it. It's yeah. hilarious. So they're Canadian. Uh huh. Where is the specific part? I want to say it's over like in the Wisconsin, like north of that area, that part. What? Like Wisconsin? Just because of the way they talk, their accent. It's kind of like. Wisconsin has a, an accent. Well, it's Canadian. I know. <laughs> I'm con- Wisconsin's not. I'm confused on where you're going. Okay, go ahead. Finish. So I, it just seems like they have a similar type of accent. And so north of there, in across the border, so right? I understand like, it's a separate country. Okay. <laughs> but, re, it, but it's a region. It's our hat. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's, you're, that's right. But it's a region. Okay, uh, I get of, it. Okay. So you know, you're saying so, it's like close to... To them because the accent sounds okay. I got you. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. But, but I don't know that. It's just okay. this is. I don't know. I don't know where Letterkenny's at. Okay. Uh, I just know that like at the beginning of each show it says Letterkenny has like five thousand people and these are their problems. Which doesn't that isn't that a, like something else? There's another show that's American that does that same kind of a thing. I just don't know what it is. Say it again. Say the thing again. Uh. Something along the lines of Letterkenny has five thousand. Pe- the town of Letterkenny has five thousand people, and these are their problems. Something yeah, like know. that. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of the the sound from Law and Order, the voice from Law and Order when he's like, "And these are their stories." Yeah. Maybe I'm trying to tie those two together yeah. somehow. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe I like I like that guy's voice though. You know, yeah. he's very compelling. Yeah. It makes me want to watch the show. It's like I've never. I, I've watched. My dad watches it really? constantly. That's one of those shows that, like old older people, have their shows that they can watch all day long, even though they've watched it a thousand times before. Yeah. Like some people watch Mash. Uh huh. Which is that my dad watches that too. He watches yeah. Law and Order. I'm trying to think of anything else. Did your dad? Did your dad watch anything? 
from back in the day, or did he watch much TV? He liked the old stuff, like Westerns, John Wayne. He liked okay. the Gunsmoke was one of his shows. Nice. Loved that. Uh, and those types were, were his shows. Gotcha. He didn't, anything after that, he not so much. Gotcha. Uh, because those are the shows he grew up on, and so it was a lot of nostalgia. But I just want to make mention, though, thank you for saying that older people like to watch Law & Order because the original series is one of my favorites, and I can watch it all the time. I don't. <laughs> But I love that. As a matter of fact, I often ask people when we talk about Law & Order, which which is your favorite Law & Order? You've got the original, you've got the SVU, uh-huh. and you've got the Criminal Intent. My favorite do, is the original, in fact. Do you like that they do that with shows? Yeah. Yeah? Sure. As much as I can, I guess. I'm not a real big show guy. I feel like they... Brand, they I don't know, because I, I don't know when the Law & Order seasons came, like the different ones. But like I feel like CSI kind of started that, right? Because it was the original CSI. It was just called CSI. Right. And then they started doing like CSI in all different yeah. states. You got Miami. You got New York. I think they even tried Los Angeles maybe. Which, it, I mean, Something. I don't know. It, it's cool, but it seems like it wouldn't be that hard. Because I feel like they have to be taking examples from actual... Um, like police stations or yeah. whatever, yeah. like things that have actually happened and then building a story around that for Hollywood. Sure. Right? So I feel like if, they, if they're taking literal stories out of these different states, it's actually, it's kind of kind of cool. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that's, I think they do. I know that because my understanding is that they, they get consultants who are in fact police officers, retired police officers, probably whatever. And those guys come in and not just talk, not, not just like cases. Cause you can probably look at case like cases somewhere on the internet, Google, you know, mm-hmm. sex crimes. If you're, if you're running SVU or whatever, but to get the actual, like the procedure uh, of investigations and all of that, all of that stuff that you you would need inside knowledge for a lot of that, all mm-hmm. the lingo, all the jargon, if you will, that they need. That they have consultants for that, so I would assume that they do that. But when I say that I like that, though, I don't mean that I like to watch those because I really don't. I, I know. I, I, I don't. Saying. I don't watch CSI. You right. know, I don't watch. Uh, I did watch that one NCIS for a little bit. I'm usually if I do get into a show, it usually lasts for maybe a couple seasons, maybe. What is it that intrigues you about those types of shows, though? Because I know you like you like Blue Bloods, you like Blue NCIS, those kinds of things. What is it about those shows that intrigues you? Yeah, do you know? Kind of, yeah. It, it's the, I guess the like the investigation of things. I, I like that a lot. The inquisitiveness of you know trying to figure out what happened is is neat. For Law and Order and Blue Bloods in particular, I, I don't know. I, I like I like the personalities too. I like how they come at problems. Like for Blue Bloods, which you know I'm, I used to always constantly quote Frank Reagan, mm-hmm. and I just did it again the other day because it, it was apt, right? I mean, I know he's not. It's not necessarily coming from Tom Selleck, right? So I know this is a character, right. and someone was writing for him. But this character takes life; it takes shape on screen, and I dig his personality. Um, and the way that he approaches the situations. Mm-hmm. And, and so for him especially, like, I don't usually gain wisdom from watching TV shows. I never really gained much wisdom from watching Law & Order. I just really enjoyed, what's his name, the the, the lead uh, uh, assistant district attorney, McCoy, Jack McCoy. I really dug his personality as well and the this way is, that he approaches situations. Yeah, oh, okay. I, I, I'm kind of going back and forth here. Okay. I really dug his, his approach too to the way he 
delved into the case and, and his kind of cavalier and assertive, sometimes aggressive approach to winning cases. Right. But never really gained wisdom from him. For Frank Reagan on Blue Bloods, he actually, because he's a well-read character, like he's he, and he's really into like um, Teddy Roosevelt. And so, and Teddy Roosevelt was also, uh, he was like a, uh, a pioneer of sorts. He was kind of like a cowboy type of guy. Mm-hmm. He was also an author and things like that. Really smart guy. And Frank Reagan is oftentimes quoting people from who, who wrote books. Like he knows someone will say a quote and either him or one of his kids will, will say the author that the quote come from. Wow. And so they're very well read. Right. And so it's not just that they're pulling this stuff out of their butts, right? They're actually using the, the, the knowledge they've gained from being well read and using it in life. On the show. Right. And I find that very smart, right? Right. And, and I, I just really dig the, his approach to solving problems on that show. Right. And I think that's the most compelling thing because I don't get that from CSI. I think the characters suck. I, um, you know, on, it's on funny that you say that, though, like that it's, it's smart. I know that sounds very a basic way to put it, but really it is. And I feel mm-hmm. like when it comes to shows and when it comes to mu- music and things like that now, too, I'm the same way. Like, I, can't, I don't like to listen to something that has nothing... Like no layers to it, no substance to it. Like I want, yeah. I want it to make me think a little bit. Mm-hmm. And like Eminem's stuff that he's been putting out lately. I mean, it's so fast, but I love it because ev- literally every time I listen to one of the songs off the newest album, I can I catch something new that he said that I didn't catch before. Yeah. And when it comes to shows and things like that, like I, there's scenes in shows that are just dumb like why what was the point in in that scene you just wasted money to make that scene i know you know and there's there's nothing to it and i understand i I guess i understand there's filler like in shows Mm -hmm. and there's filler in music and stuff like that too but i don't know that that doesn't appeal to me anymore like it, it used to and i and i feel it sounds stupid but i feel smarter than that does that make sense yes like it's like you're like they're insulting like, our intelligence. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's like I feel I feel like I'm I'm smarter than what you just made me watch. <laughs> That's exactly. And it makes me it makes me feel good because I'm like I I didn't I didn't succumb to the stupidity that you just tried to put in my brain. I that's understood right. that it was stupid. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And the thing I also meant uh, that I think about is that you know I used to probably was more passive about that kind of stupidity coming into my brain, but now I like have a security guard in my brain that says, "No, wait a minute, wait a minute. Right. This is this is not this is dumb. Right. I don't want this in my head. Now I see what you're trying to do here. Yeah, but the, but the opposite side of that is sometimes I want to watch something dumb because <laughs> I, there I do like a lot of stupid humor also. So. But when I go when I go into it with a mindset of I w- I want something stupid yes then then it's funny stupid can be smart that's true let me unpack that after letter I clear my throat. that's right there <clears throat> that's right yeah. things like that things like one of my favorite movies of all time is Dumb and Dumber yeah and Ace Ventura mm-hmm. both of them and you know at the at the first Adam Sandler movies Billy Madison Happy Gilmore those were I mean those are like on the top of my list of all time great classics and right. they were. Absolutely stupid, right? And that's why I love them so much because they they he took all those uh, actors there took a smart approach to being as stupid as dumb as you could possibly be, right? Right? And that takes sense of humor is very smart. The kind of the kind of stupidity I'm that I, you're that you're relating to as well. But here's one of my one of my most I guess pet peeve type of scenes that I see all the time now, and I've just I've, I think I've just noticed it now. But it's it's probably happened since the beginning of time. It's just gratuitous. There's no reason why this needs to be on a scene. And this is the scene, okay? That's either usually a guy, 
and you can see it, at least the top half of him. Sometimes from the back or the side, you can see kind of the buttocks and everything. And he's standing in the shower with one hand up on the wall like this, and the water's pouring over his head. Uh-huh. And you can just tell that he's in in deep thought or distress. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Dude, it happens all the time. I'm like, why? Why? How many times do I need to see this dude in the shower? Right. And why do I need to see him in the shower? To know right. that he's clean? What does that have to do yeah. with the story? I get that he's sad or I get that he's thinking about something. I don't need to see his butt to know that. But it's funny because <laughs> it's so funny to me because when you you explain that, now I'm thinking of letter Kenny, and it's the opposite. It's a guy that's on it doing a handstand naked in the shower. <laughs> and the water's like going on his balls. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. What, wasn't there a scene like that when they were like all the urinals too? Was he on his Probably. hands there? I think so. Probably. It, it's all over the place. Yeah. But, that's great. Um, so you mentioned the Tom Selleck thing earlier and how it's kind of funny how this all ties together. So you mentioned Tom Selleck earlier and how, he, you know, he has writers and they're feeding him the, the words that he's saying on the show. And then you mentioned Dumb and Dumber. So I was listening to, um, this was earlier this year, but they did a rewind on the Rizzuto show uh, for time that they weren't in the studio. They did rewinds so people could still have content Uh coming out. Oh, yeah. Um, And they had Harlan Williams on. And you mentioned Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. And uh, I, I love listening to people talk, like people that are actors, talk about scenes that they did that was completely unscripted that they did on their own. Mm-hmm. So Harlan Williams talked about uh, the whole scene when he pulled them over in the in the truck, yeah, and to, uh, you know was like, uh, "You've been sipping back on Grandpa's cough syrup or whatever." Uh-huh. He talked about like that entire scene was all him. That was un- that wasn't scripted. That was the uh, producers and stuff telling him do this the way you want to do it, and he did it on his own wow. while being the bike was being pulled by a truck that he was riding on. And that that kind of and even the the half baked. Do you remember the the scene with the the horse? The horse has got diabetes. That entire scene too. The horse is named Buttercup, and uh-huh. he just kept going on. And he said that scene never would have been what it was if the other guy in the scene didn't just let him go. Like, cause he just kept on going with it and going with it, and it became a, like an epic scene. But if if it would have stopped where it was supposed to stop, then it wouldn't have been near as funny as it was. Gotcha. So I just I just love hearing about unscripted stuff that you you didn't know about until you actually, yeah, you know, hear them talk about it. Yeah, that's where the magic happens. Yeah, in that scene in Dumb and Dumber, that's I mean, we still quote that scene all the time. I'm one of those movie nerds that quotes movie scenes, and, and I married one of those as well, mm-hmm. and her family also does the same thing. Oh, do they? That's yeah, awesome. My sister, my older sister in particular, does the same thing. And so it's like, it's, it's always kind of an inside joke. And, you know, I, I just called somebody a pumpkin pie haircutted freak the other day. You know, that's straight out of uh, Dumb and Dumber. Okay. Yeah, it's the same scene. Yeah, It's like, you okay. pumpkin pie haircutted freak. Gotcha, okay. Um, yeah, so it's just, I, I love those. Those things are seared into my mind. Mm-hmm. Not because that, not just because they're funny, but because they're smart funny, you know. You know, but even stuff that's not smart funny, that's kind of dumb funny. If you can apply, I feel like you can make it smarter if you can apply it to a situation in life. Like anytime that you are actually implementing that thought or that, uh, like that scene into something that just happened in your life, you gave it layers. Right. Yeah. Sure. Like it's not just a stupid scene in the movie anymore. Sure. Now it it became something else, 
and that's why it's funny. Yeah, I I I think I I broaden things out a little bit maybe because I think that if you can use it in a real life application, then it's yeah. probably it, it's probably somewhat smart funny anyway. Right. I can't. Well, let me take that back because I could really I could go off the rails here. I was just gonna say I couldn't use the shower scene with a guy with one hand up against the wall, you know, in a life situation. But now that I think about it, I probably could. You know, I'd have to set up the scene right. But, well, uh, but you have you know to, what I'm saying. Have, but yeah, that's but you not, have to have like the. The words to go with it is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I get that. You need you need the dialogue to go with whatever life situation is happening. Right. Yeah. So that's that's just a very loose association. And it's, the shower scenes are never funny. It's supposed to be compelling and dramatic. You know. Right. Yeah, I get that. It's just that that's the scene that we were talking about earlier. But I, I'm just trying to differentiate between stuff that really sucks and stuff that doesn't suck. Right. You know. And there's it, it's kind of hard to explain, I guess, to some degree. But some of it is just I just gratuitous, I guess. You know, when, when I was younger, I used to look for boob scenes. When I, when I saw titties, I was like, yes, that's what I've been waiting for this whole time, right? <laughs> Nowadays, when I see gratuitous nudity, uh, I'm sorry, gratuitous nudity, I'm just like, why? You know, what what's, what purpose does that serve in the right. movie? Right. You know, it's just, I, I don't get it anymore, right? Do I enjoy seeing a naked body? Well, sure, who doesn't, right? As, as long as it's the type of body that I want to see. But uh, it's not something that I, I'm... I, I question it nowadays, and I question everything nowadays. I tend to pick things apart so much that yeah. nowadays, the gatekeeper in my head, you've got to be pretty good to get past that gatekeeper nowadays because the same stuff that would have gotten through 10 years ago isn't getting through today. Right. It's well, just it, not. It, you know, just little stuff in, sh- in shows now. I probably said it on the show before, but little stuff in shows and movies now drive me nuts because I, I'm, I'm constantly looking at stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm the guy that now if I'm watching a TV show, especially if it's an older show. I'm the one that is not really paying attention to what's going on in the scene, but I'm looking in the backgrounds. And especially like older movies and older shows, I'm doing that because I know that some of the bigger stars now were probably in the background in some of these shows now. And I catch that sometimes. Sure. But it's not just that. It's like scenes where, say, it's focused on somebody eating a sandwich and they've eaten half their sandwich and then it clicks over here, and then it comes back, and now there's a full sandwich sitting there again. And I'm like, yeah. that, why? Like, I get it because most people aren't going to know that or care, but that drives me nuts. And I understand that when they were filming that, they had to clip, they had to put things together. Mm-hmm. And it's re- it really pisses me off when it shouldn't. But stand-up comedians who are doing their stand-up specials, they're doing an hour, but you know they do like four, three or four shows and, and tie those together to make their full hour. But I watch the people in the audience and I see the people in the audience change from, you know, one scene, you know, one scene to a next. Right. And it drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's me. And it, I, if yeah. I were making a movie knowing that about you, I would put some inconsistencies in there, like kind of tough to find just to see if I could mess with your head though. And maybe, maybe someone's having fun like that. I don't know. Uh, that, that would be neat. Like what kind of example? You got an example? The sandwich example. Oh, I see. Okay. I'd, I would put, uh, you know, I'd, I'd put the uh, the bologna on top first, and then I'd flip it upside down, see if you'd notice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those pu- those puzzles that you used to see that it's like, uh, what's different about these pictures? Right. Like four yeah. of them or whatever, and you yeah. have to find the different, yeah. You used to do a lot of those, huh? I did. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it pisses me yeah. off now. <laughs> now it's ruined you. Yeah. You're, you're ruined now. Yeah. No, I think that one of the one of the things I like to think about though is the the character development 
when you're doing a show or, or a movie mm-hmm. because these characters have backgrounds, they have likes and dislikes, they have histories, you know, they have things that they've that they've experienced. Some of them have traumas, some of them, you know, they have family that drives them nuts, all this thing. Some someone is sitting around and developing like your Frank Reagans or your, you know, your uh your uh Harry uh was it Harry Harry Dunn, right? Uh-huh. And Lloyd Christmas. Someone developed their their characters like to build them up and then inserted that into a movie with all these other characters who have been developed. Right. Right. And you put those together and you make a story out of it. Right. That's that's just some, the complexity of that is, is something I think about more nowadays than just sitting around watching funniness or, or something that's, you know, thrilling or intriguing or whatever. Right. I think about script writing yeah. a lot too. Like, if you think about just doing a movie, just making a movie, it does. I mean, of course, there's there's so many moving parts that go into it that it would be hard to do, but it doesn't seem like on the surface that it's that hard to do, really. But then if you like read a script or like look at a script, you're like, you know how long it took somebody to sit down and type that out? And it's it, it's little, like it's a guy just saying, yeah, or whatever, you know, and it's all this person, this person, this person, this person back and forth yeah. for, you know, hundreds of pages right. to make this movie. He says, yeah, then he walks to the coffee table and picks right. up a, a glass. Right. Yeah. That's all on, the, on your script. You know? Right. So, yeah. But uh, have you ever seen, uh, you got you got Netflix, right? I do. Um, have you seen the movies that made us yet? I, I have not really watched them. I, I started I've to. I've only but... watched one. Um and it was Home Alone, mm-hmm. and I, I don't want to give. I guess it's a spoiler, but okay. The the movie for Home Alone, what so the the shots from the outside of the their house was legit. They found a house that they thought would be perfect for the sh- for the movie, mm-hmm. and in it, everything that involved outside of the house they used. But literally, they didn't use the inside of the house because they couldn't get the whole crew into the house and be able to set up the way they needed. So they found a gymnasium, and they built the inside of the house in that gymnasium. Right. So literally, the most of the entire movie was made was filmed inside of a gym. Yeah. Which is so crazy. Uh huh. It, this but you yeah. know how much money it takes to make to do that also mm-hmm. you know it's like we have an idea that idea doesn't work so we're just going to put that idea into another building yeah right crazy yeah. and then it talks about like the the uh how the movie wasn't going to be made originally because the budget came in way higher than they originally thought it was going to and then one um one studio decided they weren't going to pick it up anymore because of the, how much it was cost now. And I don't know, it was, it was it's an interesting story and mm-hmm. they, they go, they have ghostbusters is one of them too. Yeah. And stuff like that too, which wasn't really in my wheelhouse. Yeah. But and I, I got to tell you why I got off on the wrong foot there is that I just went with the first episode that started on the movies that made us uh-huh. and it was pretty woman and <laughs> not pretty woman. I'm sorry. Dirty dancing. Even worse. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dirty yeah. dancing. That's right. It was dirty dancing. And I sat there for about five minutes, and I I said, no, this is not what I do with my life. Right. I'm not going to watch this. Uh, I, I thought it was kind of interesting about some of the facts they were saying. I didn't know, but I can't stand Dirty Dancing. I, yeah, I, right. I, I, I never liked that movie. Right, and I, I, could, so I couldn't have watched one of a movie that I didn't know or yeah. that I didn't care about. Right, Yeah. or, or even that you hated. I mean, and yeah. I, I had no real reason to hate Dirty Dancing, I guess, because I've never actually watched it. But the people who have watched it, like women, you know, mm-hmm. in, in my life, current and past, who have watched it and talked about it, I was like, that sounds terrible. <laughs> you just, kind of, but you tie those people to that, also, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> I don't know, but that's 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 a neat uh, programming though. My favorite uh, Netflix documentaries nowadays are the decades. Like you've got the '60s, the '70s, mm-hmm. the '80s, and the '90s, 2000s. Yeah, I love those. Have you ever watched any of those? Uh-uh. Those are great, dude. Especially, yeah. of course, you know I'm a '90s guy. I just I'm a '90s freak, but um, I, I loved watching that. And the, the '2000s was good too, though, because the early '2000s was also kind of a pivotal point for me. Yeah, coming up. Oh, um, speaking of that, a lot of good memories. Something else that uh, I thought was really cool, and one of those rewinds that I heard on the Rizzuto show, or maybe not have been a rewind. It might have been an actual recent one, but regardless. They were uh, sh- playing clips of songs from the past that something happened in the studio or a noise happened or something like that that they didn't cut out and they left in. So one is like a ringing phone that literally they kept in. One was, uh, was it Tom Petty? I don't know, it was somebody where he actually sat down on the piano on accident, but they and it was, it, but it was so slight and then you hear him laugh. And then it goes into the song, but you you don't really catch it unless you're actually listening for it. Mm. So I, I just think those th- things are kind of neat too, because you never would have noticed it beforehand. Right. Yeah. So you know, speaking of the decades, uh, we thought we might do a little 2019 uh, review because 2019 was a decade. It it you it's know true. you know that happened. It was a thing. Um, that isn't that disputed now. What that it, that one year is a decade. Uh-huh. Um, they say that it's more like ten years. Wait, ten no, years no, to the decade. No, that's not what I meant. No, <laughs> I meant like uh, that because they say that you didn't start with the year one; you started with the year zero. No, that's stupid. You don't think that's right? I don't. Okay. No, I, I, I hate that. <laughs> I heard somebody say it the other day, and they were so they were so smart ass about it. They're like, uh, it's so stupid. Decades don't start until like the one. It's like since when? <laughs> Since when? 10 years is 10 years, right? Yeah. So from 2000, 2001 is one year. Okay. Uh-huh. And I can keep going up and, and, and do this and it lands back on 2010, right? Yeah. Just but they're saying, count that, the years. They're saying that, the, that you started with year one instead of year zero. So basically like 2000, 2001 to 2011 would have been a decade versus 2000 to 2010. But then the argument is, okay, but when you're born, you don't start out as being one years old. Right. One year old. Right. You know, you start out, you're like six months or you're eight yeah. months old or whatever. And then when you turn one year old, you are one year old. The, the first year that elapsed is that's year one. It's right. a year. You're right. not starting on 2001. You, you've, 2000 is your year. Right. Okay. Then you go 2001, 2002. You know, and I, I'm not going to go through it because I think it's so ridiculous when someone <laughs> explains it that way. Get over it. That's the way it's always been. 2000. To, to twenty, you know, ten is your is your decade, right? Or to twenty, I guess two thousand nine or whatever. <laughs> uh, that's when your decade ends, because when you count it out, it lands on ten, right? And case closed. Gotcha. I'm there. Jack with you. McCoy, <laughs> just close the case. I just had I had to get your input on that. Anyway, uh, no, twenty nineteen was a year. It was the last year of the decade, mm-hmm. uh, and so I'm not sure if that whole joke landed. I'm pretty sure it didn't, but. Um, 2019 was pretty blasé for me, and I was discussing this before we hit record. I really don't even remember much that happened in 2019, not because it was a whirlwind of excitement. Right. It's just, you know, other than, you know, decent times, and I'm probably selling myself short uh, because I'm just not remembering things off the top of my head, but not much had went on. As a matter of fact, you and I both had to, now check this out, we had to go to goodhousekeeping.com to find a good comprehensive list of 
events, things that were going on in 2019 that were, I guess, worth talking about. We'll find out if that's if that rings true or not. Right. If you haven't been to goodhousekeeping.com yet, I highly recommend that you go and you check it out. It's a great website. No, you don't. No, I don't. You but do not care. No, you're if right. If anybody's just tuning in and listening to you talk, they're like, nope, done with this. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> this show sucks. <laughs> Cerebral, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, no, we just so happened. What what uh, happened is our good friend Google, uh-huh. no offense, Zuck, but our good friend Google um, led us to goodhousekeeping.com because I typed in, I think, 2019 in review, and then the suggestion was in pop culture. Right. And so I hit on that, bam, goodhousekeeping.com. So I roll with it. But it's, it's, a, it's a decent list. So I thought we could go over some of these things that happened because, like I said, I don't have them committed to my memory because I really didn't pay much attention. But now that I... Now that I go over some of these, they, they're kind of, I recall a little okay. bit, right? Yep. Um, the first one, though, is the World Re- uh, Record Egg. I don't, I don't know anything about the World Record I Egg. I thought that was like a profile pic thing for Facebook. Yeah, I don't know. Did I don't it know. give a description of what it was? Uh, kind of. Um, an egg beat out Kylie Jenner for the most liked photo on Instagram. It's so, okay, Instagram thing then, yeah. So, and I think that was a purpose. I think they did that on purpose. Probably like a social experiment type of thing. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, I didn't know much about that. I, I, I kind of, I, I guess I glossed over it because mm-hmm. it was ridiculous. Uh, another one was The Masked Singer. Did you ever watch that? It launched? No. I've seen like an episode or two. I mean, you know the concept of it, right? Yes. Yeah. A, a celebrity that you don't know who it is is behind a mask and they're right. singing and right. the idea is to guess who it is. Right. Now, they're, I like it. I mean, it's a, it's a, cool, um, a cool idea. However... The bet they are screwing themselves because they they've been using people that you don't even know. Like, I can't give you an example of who they are, but they've used some that are not really well known. Like they're maybe an athlete or something. It's not LeBron James. It's like a some yeah Russian not not Russian chick, but you know what I'm saying. It's like somebody you wouldn't you wouldn't know off the top of your head, right? And the the fact that you're supposed to be able to guess them singing some, a song, mm-hmm. but you know they've had like Wayne Brady. And uh, some other big names on there that that kind of a thing I, I I enjoy trying to guess who that is. Yeah, but I don't. Know, I haven't watched very much of it. I've only watched an episode or two. How are you with the uh, those type of shows like The Voice and America's Got Talent? And I was kind of we were in, kind of into um, um, not The Voice. What's the other one? Um, um the biggest one. Uh, not American America's, Idol. American Idol. Yeah. Yes, yes, of yeah, course. We, yeah, we used to be into that a little bit, but nothing, nothing major. I mean, it's a, it can be a time suck. Mm-hmm. So I think "suck" is the key word, personally. Well, because <laughs> personal opinion, but I've never, you know, I know a lot of good people who like those shows. Now, have you watched I, America's Got Talent? I've seen some of it, you yeah. know, and there's some, and I've seen some clips on YouTube that will blow my jibs. That's the main, it's the main place that I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the, some of the things I've seen on there just randomly, but I'm not going to watch through the whole show to try to find some gold right. nuggets right. because the show to me uh, is, is not easy to watch. Just, I don't like it. It's not my thing. Yeah. I'll well, just it's, leave like, it at that. it's like, you know, there's, there's a lot of really groundbreaking and cool stuff on there, but for me to to sit through the stuff that's not <laughs> right or that doesn't interest me like you know i i had i wouldn't say admire cuz i don't care to but like the gymnastics and stuff like that with the the girls that do that kind of stuff is freaking amazing yeah but i don't have a desire to sit and watch it yes you know that kind of a thing but yeah 
you know, magic. I like I like watching magic for some reason. Mm. It, it impresses me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You know it's not real, right? I know. Okay. But it still impresses me. <laughs> Just making sure, man. I didn't Just know. Just to see the, you know, the visual. Yeah. Have I told you about Santa Claus yet? <laughs> what? Santa Claus? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. One, one show I do like, I, I like the, did you ever watch American Gladiators? When it was on, it's probably maybe before your time a little bit. Is that the the red, white, and blue suits and the big uh, cotton swabs? <laughs> yeah, they fight each other with. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Well, nowadays it's a little different. It's not quite the same. But American Ninja Warrior, mm-hmm. love that show, right? Yeah. So that's a show. Right. It's, it's not the same as America's Got Talent or, or, or whatever, but I don't know. I just kind of liken them together. I don't know why. Just kind of along the same, you know, right. vein for some reason. Anyway. Um, Another thing that happened in 2019 was the college scandal. The mm-hmm. the folks, the well-to-do folks who had a lot of money, who were getting their um, their youngsters, their children, into admissions into college. They're getting them admitted by paying off people uh, or, or organizations or however that worked. What mm-hmm. do you know about that? That exactly what you just said. Yeah, that's, that's basically all I know. But mm-hmm. it. I mean, what's your opinion on it? Because I, I kind of have mixed feelings because on one hand, I'm like, it's not that big of a deal. But on the other hand, it's like they them paying for their kids to go could be uh, somebody else might not have gotten that spot because they just because they had money, they got them in. Right. And, and here's the thing. I think this is like the the surface, like this is a materialization of, of a bigger problem. This happens in some form or another all the time, right? Right, just in a different way. This was actually, I guess, in the form of a, of a of an unaccepted bribe, right? Because I feel like there's accepted bribes that happen every single day. Rich people get into schools that poor people don't. Right, that happens. Why? Well, because they have more money. Why? Because they have more influence. And, and it's not by accident that people with a lot of money get like they they, they pay for libraries that end up being named after them on right. campuses and things like that. Right. That happens all the time. So you, these that, people so just got caught because they did it. They didn't go through the right channels in quotation marks to bribe people appropriately. That's all that is. So the the library type thing to have their name on a library or whatever that's considered that's the accepted bribe you're talking about. That, that's a, that's probably an extreme case because not everybody does that. But there's all kinds of things that that rich people do that. Well, I mean, us, yeah, us poor I mean, folk you, can't. You, you hear about that, like you see that in movies and shows and stuff like that too, about how like that wing of the hospital was, you know, paid for by this person. They get whatever they want inside this hospital, or like that, you know, that person's mom is now in the hospital and they're going to get five star treatment because sure. they paid for that wing of the hospital, kind of a thing. Right. Yeah. And it's like I, I don't want to get too in depth into how like people like Lori Laughlin, mm-hmm. our, our our girl from Full House. Um, Becky, right? Wasn't her name on was the show? Was it Becky? I think she, so. she was uh, the wife of Jesse, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. The Uncle Jesse. Um, she got busted, and because she's a bigger name, I feel like the story got blown up. Right. And she's not a huge name, but she's a bigger name like, like compared to you know a lot of people who also right. got busted. Because there were like 50 people who got caught with this. Right. I didn't see a list of those 50 people. All I saw was Lori Laughlin. Maybe that was one other lady. There was a bigger, another bigger name, but I can't remember what her name was. Yeah. They got busted because they're popular, because they're famous. Right. And they got caught. Mm-hmm. And you know, should they do it? No, but there's a lot of things that shouldn't be done. Yeah. Should they pay the penalty? I don't know. To be quite honest with you, it's one. Of the, I, I think that's why 2019 is so blasé for me. Because 
it just doesn't sway much of my opinion, you know, but it's, it's something that happened. It was interesting. And now she's taking self-defense classes, you say? It's self-defense or it's some kind of, cla- uh, basically some kind of classes to help herself, pro- help, her, help her protect herself when it, when she actually does get into prison. And that's something we talked about off mic a little bit, but that's an interesting thought too. It's like, is there a, any kind of counselor or any kind of, um, you know, person out there that gets you, that can help you get psychologically ready right. to go to prison. Yeah. But then again, I guess the other side of that would be, do you think the government want, I don't know if it would be a government appointed thing if it is a thing, but I'm just saying like, would the government want to pay for something like that when they're going to put somebody in prison? You know what I'm saying? It's like mm-hmm. putting extra money into somebody to get ready to put them into their punishment yeah, that, that does it. That wouldn't really make sense. But I, I wonder if I wonder if there's counselors out there or, or uh, psychiatrists or anybody like that who actually do that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. I never thought about it. Yeah, I can't say for sure, but a little spider web there of a topic is that you know is is should prison or is it meant to be or should it be uh, a punishment as opposed to reform, right? That, because I think that depends on the why they're in there. A personal opinion, or are you? talking about from a systemic you know like a a bigger perspective like do you think do you feel like as as a person do you feel like folks who commit crime should go in there to be punished or to be reformed uh you feel like it depends on the crime that they committed yes and i i kind of think they both go hand in hand right kind of sort of like 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 it depends on the extent of reform that you're talking like are you talking reform to where they are being reformed enough to get out and go back into society or is it ref- or you know somebody who has a life sentence for killing somebody right are they in there to be reformed but still staying in prison for the rest of their life right or is you know what i'm saying so is your is your constraints with reform versus punishment the tenure of their sentence the uh you know the time of their sentence is, is does that make a difference between whether or not they should be reformed well but that goes back to the same thing like the time of the sentence is going to be based off of the crime that was committed true so most you, of the so, time yeah, I mean, there's some scenarios, uh-huh. but there's loopholes, and yeah, but I mean, more than likely, the worse the crime, the more years are going to be on your sentence, right? But I'm not against saying that even if you do have a life sentence, that you can't be reformed before reformed, but still be in prison, basically not reformed enough to be released because you've you've done you did what you did, and now you're you're in there for the rest of your life, sure, right? Here's my problem with the punishment aspect of it, though, is that I don't believe that punishment, I don't believe that it deters people from committing crime. And so what you're doing, in a sense, is just creating more hostility hostility within that person. And if they are released back into society, now you've you've upped the ante, you've upped the, you've increased the hostility within that person. Now you're putting them back into our, our society and you're going to see what happens after that. You, th- you think that's that, why right? recidivism think- is so high. That's why the return rate to prison is so high because these people, the punishment is what they're not going in there. As far as we know, you know, I've never been to prison, but the punishment is being locked up out of society, away from society. Right. And the, there's some byproducts to that. There's some, there's some other variables that happen with that. You're in there with other inmates who are also criminals. Some of them, like if I got caught, say in a nonviolent 
crime, so to speak, but it was still pretty heavy. Like, say, I robbed a bank and didn't hurt anybody, got caught, and I was put in prison for 10 years. I'm in the same same prison a lot of times with someone who just, you know, killed an old lady um, on the street just because he wanted to watch her die, right? So I'm in the same place, the same building as that guy, along with hundreds of other people who have done God knows what as crimes. And so for me as a bank robber, yeah, I shouldn't have done it. And I need to, I guess, pay for my crime. But you're putting me in a situation where I'm probably going to come out in worse shape than what I went in. Okay, so I guess here's where I'm... You think that's an age thing? You think there's like an age cutoff to where that happens? So like when you're younger, you get your, your ass spanked because you did something wrong. Right. And... But, but that's punishment, right? So so you don't do that again. So I guess what you're saying is kind of like you knew, like when you're older and you'd commit a crime, you knew that that was a crime before you did it. So punishing you for it isn't going to make you not do it again. It's just punishing you for no reason, kind of. Yeah, basically. And but, but, I, I but, don't think it works. But before, like when you were younger, this is something where maybe you actually didn't know that you were doing something wrong. So you were punished then you didn't do it anymore. So it's okay. I, I, I get, I get what you're saying. I feel like there's a lot of, there's probably a lot of argument there between, I feel like a lot of people would have the opposite opinion, I guess. As far as punishment goes, well, your, your side of the story, yeah. as far as ideally and logically, it makes more sense to reform people. Now that's easier said than done. Some people just aren't going to be reformed. So right. some people just need to be separated from society right. because they will not, Fall in line, so to speak. I'll use myself as an example. When I was 17 years old, I got my first and only speeding ticket, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm the type of person that because that speeding ticket cost me money and I didn't like it, I didn't, you know, I watched my speed pretty much, you know, for the most part. I'm still, I still speed some. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Mm -hmm. I still, you know, um, I I don't, I'm not always going the speed limit, but. I don't drive like I did up until I got that ticket. I was young. Right. I was foolish. I drove very fast all the time because I wanted to. And I didn't realize that there was a consequence to pay. I, I knew there was a consequence to pay. I didn't realize the gravity of that consequence. And it was only a speeding ticket. I think back then, this was you know many years ago, uh, it was like uh, maybe 80 bucks that I had to pay for that ticket. right? So I paid for it, got it out of the way, bam. Never had any of the problems with speeding. Uh most a lot of people i should say that end up in prison don't have that same aspect maybe they don't have the same perspective they don't think oh if you know if i did this thing i i had to pay for it i'm not going to do that thing again it, because there's a high return rate back to prison and a lot of people say they learn how to be a better criminal in prison because they learn more tricks of the trade they get more they hook ups this yeah. happens in treatment centers too yeah. when people go in for inpatient treatment they're they're, a, they're an addict of some kind right they're addicted to some kind of substance and they go in there into a building with a bunch of other addicted people who have a bunch of knowledge about other things make connections one of the things about the the drug culture, if you will, is about making friends. It's about making connections where you can find out where, you know, where to get what you want. Right. And it's kind of the same way. When you put people in a consolidated place, if you don't have a, a reformation type of pr- approach, you're pretty much just uh, increasing the uh, criminality, at least uh, philosophically, of their mindset. You're, you're increasing their exposure to the criminal element, and you're also adding punishment, which breeds hostility. IMO, IMO, just yeah. spider web. Like I said, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. 
if like do you think it depends on the time that they're in there like like i wonder what the stats are for uh like you're saying there's a high return rate for people to go back into prison like mm-hmm. i wonder what the stats are um and wh- how like the time frame that they're in prison and that return rate like if somebody's in prison for you know a month versus somebody that's in prison for 15 years yeah like what's the what's the chances that that person that was in there for a month is going to return versus somebody that's been there for 15 years. Sure. The reason I say that is because you hear about people who were in prison for 15, 20 years. That's all they know now. And as soon as they get let out, they go and commit a crime to be put right back in because that's all they know. Right. Versus somebody who was in there for a month is probably, you know, maybe you may not have a whole lot of time to make those connections, gets out, and then maybe maybe they were reformed because they're like, I don't want to be, I don't want to go back in there. Right. No, I think that's a good, that's a good point. I think the less time, and, and mind you, anyone who's listening, we're, we're not backing up by studies or anything like that in this episode. This is just off the top of our heads uh, for the most part. I mean, there's there's information we have, but we're not trying to back it up for this episode. Um, but yeah, I think I think the, the more limited the time frame, which also goes back to the crime committed, right? Because when you commit yeah. a more heinous crime, you do more hardcore time. Right. And it seems like when it's kind of like investing into, when you really invest into a hardcore crime, it takes your mind places that you probably, you know, that person who just went in for 120 shock because they got their fourth DWI. Right. They're probably not going to have that same problem. But DWIs is another great example of recidivism, man. People, you would think after your first, I had a DWI in 20, uh, 2008. And uh, I changed my ways after that because it was a nightmare for me to go through that. And that was right when the law started getting really, really stiff too. I know guys that back in the eighties and into eighties, some one, one older guy, but the nineties all the way up into the, the mid two thousands, they were getting DWIs like they were going out of style really? and there was no hardcore um, consequences at that point in time. Right. By the time I got mine, the law had just changed. I think the year before in 2007, that um, your, your third one's uh, uh, three strikes and you're done, right. right? You're, you're going to jail unless you got a lot of money for a good lawyer, but that's beside the point. That's also something that people with a lot of money can get out of is, is crimes. They pay less penalty than what poor people do. And that's a, another you know, big problem. I I actually know a guy who had a uh, got his fourth DUI, and you said you know you can get as long as if you have a really good lawyer, you know things can change. Uh, he got his fourth DUI. I think he ended up with like. 90 day shock or 120 shock or whatever, but it was like a weekend thing. Like he would go in on the weekends and right. do it, which that's another thing. I don't, I don't understand that at all. It's like somebody, uh, and this is nothing against him. It's just a matter of what, what the hell is weekend prison? That is the stupidest thing I've ever, I've, I've ever heard. It's like, yeah. you know that this person isn't a threat to society apparently, unless it's on the weekends. Basically, right? right? Yeah. But anyways, he had a situation where he got uh, basically assaulted by the cop when he got arrested. He got arrested, and uh, they took pictures and everything as soon as he got out the next morning. And it was going to become a major lawsuit on the police station, that kind of a thing. So yeah. he ended up getting a very reduced sentence for you know what he what he could have gotten, but. I guess the mindset that I would think of when it comes to DUIs is so like you, you said yours changed, your mindset changed as soon as you got that first one. You're like, I don't ever want to do this again. Yeah, I got to stop. Right. Because I was stupid. But 
maybe people look at it on the flip side and I don't look at it this way. I'm just saying that maybe people look at it as how long did I get away with it before I didn't get away with it. Right. Oh yeah. You know, you, you know, if you get your first DUI when you're 30 and you've been drinking since you were 21, Mm -hmm. you know, your mindset might be for nine years, I did it one time. I got caught with it. Not, you know, whatever. So they may not change their ways. Or they may be something like you, where like, oh crap, mm-hmm. I need to, I gotta change my ways right now. But that's and that's how my mindset was. But it just, it still didn't. It had the opposite impact of what you're alluding to, because my mindset was, man, because I was about thirty. I was, yeah, I was thirty, I believe, almost thirty-one when that happened. And I thought, man, because of all the times I should, you know, could have gotten, you know, busted for for drinking. While driving, I, I didn't, but that time I did, and it was just like this this sign said, "Hey, you've got to stop." Mm-hmm. And so for me, that that punishment is the the reformation that I need, right? But not I know not everybody's built that way because, like I said, I know guys that have gotten DWI. Who who gets up to four? I mean, what do you what are you thinking right. if you're getting four in today's climate? Like back in the earlier days when it really didn't, all they did was maybe throw you in jail for the night let you sober up, then get you back up, give you a ticket, and then send you on your way. There was no long-term consequences to it. Why not? You know, why not? Who cares? So I pay I pay a fine. But nowadays, in today's yeah. culture, what drives a person? Because I don't think it, it's, it's got to be more than just addiction, right? Because addiction I, I does think, things to I, people. I, I but think, what drives people to get a fourth one or a fifth one? How does that work? I mean, do you think it's just because it's not forward-thinking people? And by, by that, I mean literally just in the, in the day that you are going out drinking. You know you're going to the bar right now. You wait to make the decision on how you're going to get home when you're there. Maybe. Or once you've already had quite a few. Yeah. Right? Maybe. So, you're, so I'm not against anybody going out and drinking and having a good time at a bar or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, think about it before you leave. Make sure you got that Uber app on your phone or make sure that, you know, you have a taxi number or you have a friend or family or somebody who can come pick you up to take you home. Right. Kind of a thing. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I wonder, I know it sounds dumb, but really like people who are not forward thinking, people who aren't thinking about what's going to happen in a couple hours. I'm just thinking about right now in the present. Yeah. That kind of a person might be the person that doesn't get that gets that fourth fifty UI. I guess my question would be after your third, wouldn't you start thinking that way though? I mean, wouldn't you think I need to start planning ahead? You know. You would think. I would think. But, <laughs> right. But you know, it, it it is what it is. And people are it's it's hard to it, another thing I wanted to mention too though, is that you know, it's there's there are some other, I guess, confounding variables or, or uh, extraneous variables uh, to someone who's coming out of prison going back into prison, uh, th- that whole dynamic there, because when you have a felony on your record, it's harder to get a job. It's harder to right. find a place to live. You can't get food stamps, all these different things that make it more difficult for you, which also leads you back down the path of crime. And that does make sense. And, and so once again, to me, this is another form of punishment that doesn't work. Well, you committed a felony, so therefore you can't get government assistance. So therefore you got to go out and commit more crimes it's like this revolving door that's that's so, kind of a trap so, by the system. So itself. you're saying that if you have fulfilled your punishment, you've fulfilled your punishment, mm-hmm. and once you walk out of the doors of that prison, you're basically expunged of everything that you did. I don't. I don't necessarily. Not necessarily, but you. It's got to be realistic, though. It's. It's like. It's like the whole thing with. 
with guys. I know there was a problem back in the day, once again, with people not paying child support, men not paying child support to women. Right. You get them, you get them pregnant, they have their baby, you'd leave them, you just forget about them. Right. You know? But then the, the court system, the pendulum swung way back the other way and said, no, you're going to have to start paying the price for it. You know, this, this took two people, and you can't just leave these mothers, which I agree with. You shouldn't just leave the mothers with a child and not support the, the, you know, the child for sure. Right. Um, and, and, you know, the mother to some degree, but definitely the child. And so the pendulum swung all the way back to now if, if you get behind on your child support, what do they do? They take your driver's license. Right. You're expected to pay but you can't get, get to, to work, work because right. they took your drive. That is, it's counterintuitive yeah. and it doesn't work. It's a punishment that doesn't work. Oh, well, you know, I think they, they want it to be a deterrent. Well, I don't want to lose my license, so I better pay my child support. Well, I got news for you. Yeah. Guys who don't pay their child support, they probably don't care about getting their license taken either. They're right. going to drive without it. Or they're going to find a way. That's just, you know, if they have that type of mindset, they're probably already in that boat. Right. And the, the other side of that too is I know people who uh, guys who have been paying child support for years to their an ex-wife or to to uh, you know any, who whatever and they the kids are actually living with them and they're still paying child support to mm. a, a woman that doesn't have much to do with the kids yeah and that's a legal thing and there's nothing they can't do anything about it that is messed up right. And probably, I, I don't know that case in particular. I know that you you know who it is. Oh, I'm not. I'll tell yeah. you the name off air. But okay. Well, the, the, my point is though is that everything because I have cousins and friends who have been through this time and time again. Like they'll they'll have a good job, so the the uh, child support is based off of that good income they're getting. They'll lose that job and start making a lot less, but they still have to pay that high rate of child support because it still has to go through the system, right? In order for it to change, and sometimes that can take. Six months, nine months. Right. It can take a long time. And in the meantime, they're going broke and they're getting behind on their on their child support. And it's just the system gets broken because we're we're too focused sometimes. I think on the consequences of our actions. And I think the logic is they want it to be a deterrent, but the reality is it's not really the case. We have to be but, logical about but what reformation. You, but even logically, what do you do? Like if you know, you're basically talking about reforming somebody and then putting them back out on the street. But what? I mean, I don't know. What do you? How, how do you? How do you know that when you let somebody back out that it, that everything's just going to be fine and they're going to be fine? You don't, right? But you know what I'm saying. Like the pun, the. I, I guess you're just saying that if a punish a punishment is fulfilled, then things should be fine when they leave. Well, I, I think once again, not necessarily. The the punishment, I think that whole aspect in and of itself is a, it's a bad start. I think you've got to look at it from a different viewpoint. And this isn't my organic viewpoint. I've, I've heard this viewpoint in the past. I, once again, don't have any references cited. But I've heard this the, the argument uh, against reform versus uh, punishment, mm -hmm. uh, the perspective that we take. The, the punishment doesn't it – sh it should fit the crime. We know that. That's an old saying. The punishment should fit the crime. That's okay. But sh so should the reform. But the reform should also lead us into the future. How is this person going to respond to society once he or she gets back out into um, our society as a whole? Right. And so you can't just punish and expect people to – you can't give someone a spank and expect them to change their ways. It, it's not working. It, it's, it seems like it makes it worse in a lot of ways. So right. that's, that's my basic my basic point. And I think Lori Laughlin's going to be okay, by the way. I think she's <laughs> – I, I don't think she's going to come out and start robbing banks or anything. Could be wrong. But speaking of Lori Laughlin, hey, Give me one second. The, uh, 
laptop. Okay. Anyways. Ugh. So, yeah. Next one. But speaking of Lori Laughlin, um, in April of 2019, we got our first image of a black hole. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Kind of neat. Um, I guess. I have trouble with I have trouble with science that's so far out in the universe that they really don't know what they're talking about. It's all theoretical. It's all mathematical, um, and and because the because math works at a at a lower level, then they expand that math. I'm not saying they're wrong by any means. I, I am no Neil deGrasse Tyson. Right. Not, not even close. It's just not my thing. You look a little like him, but that's well, I, I try to act like him. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, he. He, he, Neil deGrasse Tyson and other folks who are, who are like, what is he? He's in a, what's, what's his actual title? He is a, uh, I don't know, as an astrophysicist. Astrophysicist. That's it. He's an astrophysicist. And they work with theoretical models and things like that because why do you have to have a theoretical model? Because you can't like touch it. You can't prove it. You can't, you can't take a tape measure right. or, or whatever, an odometer and, and go to, you know, this black hole and see how far it actually is. Right. Theoretical it, meaning could be this. Yeah. But, but they, <laughs> but the, the language they use is so definitive and that bothers me. Okay. I have no proof, no, no, nothing to counter to the otherwise, but it just, it bothers me. But it's, it's still kind of neat that the first image of a black hole, because the only reason they know a black hole exists before, I guess this is because of the shifting of whatever is in that area. So they watch these stars or galaxies or whatever it is, and, and they see a little shift or they see the way that it's 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 trajectory, mm-hmm. and they can see the gravity's pulling on it to the to the middle. Okay, that's it. You know, so so got a lot of time on their hands. So what me. does a black hole signify for us? Like, what is what does the research finding a black hole do for us? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Okay. Just something that happens. It's like right. Scientists, like I said, they have a lot of time on their hands. <laughs> it, it, they, You're a- making them sound so crappy. Ast- <laughs> astrophysicists. <laughs> I, and I actually love it. I, I love astronomy. Yeah. I, I love watching the universe on Netflix. That's that's one of my things. I love watching those. Mm-hmm. But I just have a problem with, I think, the language and the definitive, you know, gotcha. philosophies they have or whatever. Gotcha. Uh, another. Also speaking of black hole... Um, the royal family, Harry and and, and what's her name, Meghan Markle, mm-hmm. they had a baby. Cool. Yeah, baby Archie. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, right. I, I I hold a lot of disdain for the royal family, not for a whole lot of like valid reasons. Okay. I just hate that they are so famous and people fall all over them for nothing. Drive me insane. Okay. It's like why do you these people they they would step on your head. They would crush your brains like you were a bug, just if it was a convenience thing for them. Just if they if they just needed to get from here to the the deck right here to the sliding glass door, and you were in the way, they'd have someone crush your skull and eat your brains just because they wanted you to out of their way because they needed to get out and. Do you? Why, why do you think that? Because they're just like do you, don't you feel like you're over exaggerating a little bit? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's an argument for that, <laughs> but I don't think so. These folks, I mean, one of them, I remember a quote. Once again, no citations for this episode, folks. But I remember a quote back in it's probably it's probably maybe maybe been ten years ago, maybe less. But one of the royal family members, one of the kids, either Harry or his brother, when they were asked if they had maybe it's, I'm I'm butchering this a little bit, paraphrasing, but something along the lines of if you had one wish, what would it be? Mm-hmm. And his wish was that a major epidemic or disease or something like that would take away, uh, I, I don't know, two-thirds of the population of the earth to kind of cleanse the earth. 
No, I think it was what what would you be if it not what you were or something. He said he would be a disease that did that, some kind of a virus or something, okay. where he would kill off you know all the you know the deplorables, if you will, in this case or whatever, um, all the undesirables on the earth, and that's how they see themselves. They see themselves as the the top stock of the yeah. earth, and that and and people fall all over them. That's what gets me. If they want to feel that way because they're the largest landholders on the earth, on the face of the earth, for no reason other than it was just they they took it over back in the day when kings and queens were still valid, right. and they still have a queen. Who does that? <laughs> it's so stupid. I do feel like. The Kardashians are all are our royal family. I feel it's. I have the same disdain for those type of people too. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's stupid. Sense. The only reason why these people are popular is popular is because people make them popular just because they see them, because there's you know because they're out there. Yeah. It's like why I wouldn't want to be that popular. Don't get me wrong. It's not a jealousy thing. I wish nobody was like that because I th- I think it insults the intelligence of the human race. I think it insults our intelligence as a as a whole as a collective. And even though it's not me or you that falls all over these people, right? Um, I, I feel like because our brothers and sisters in the human race, and a lot of them do it, or else they wouldn't be so popular. Uh, because they fall all over themselves over these type of people, then it, it just degrades us all. It's a stink. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's a stink that we all have to wear. So let me let me ask you about this one. Who is Lizzo? What does she do? She's a is it, is it considered hip hop? Is it considered a rap? What what is she? She's a vocalist. Okay, of all some right. sort. All right. So she's a singer. Uh huh. Yeah. And what is she known for? Like a specific song? Is that what you're asking? No. What is she? I mean, what is she known for? Why is she so popular aside Just from music, music? Music. What else? I don't know. Is there something? <laughs> Are you wanting an exact answer? Because I don't know. Yeah, Lizzo. Uh huh. Yeah. What is she? What else is she known for? Well, she's big. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's known for being big. Okay. Um, large. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Overweight. Right. Yeah. She is. Um, she's making it to. It's kind of an anti-fat shaming. Thing that she's doing, which uh, there's two sides of this coin. Um, I, I feel like you go, girl. Yeah. You go do it. Yeah. It, it bothers me not one bit. Because it because doesn't affect you. It doesn't affect me. And she's proud of it. Who cares? Right. You know, mm-hmm. as far as I guess it, because other people show off their butt. And the reason I say that is because I was looking at pictures uh, from my little sister who showed me a picture of Lizzo at the... And I'm getting that name right, right? Lizzo? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who was showing me a picture of this this person at the basketball game. And the next picture shows her squatting down, lifting up her, her dress in the back and showing off her, her butt, which was sporting a thong. Okay. Um, and there's many pictures. She takes all kinds of provocative naked photos where it's just covering up the, the no-no spots. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and other, other skinnier people do that. So she's like, why not? And, and people are digging it. And a lot of people are saying, you go girl. Right. And I kind of, I kind of hold that same, that same thing to it. Am I like, woo, go for it? Not necessarily. Right. But I, I don't do that with, you know, skinnier people who do it either. It's just you know, whatever, whatever yeah. floats your boat. Yeah. I, I'm torn just like you are with it because who am I to tell somebody how to live their life or what to do with their life? And I'm not here to tell anybody not to root for somebody or, or, you know, be ill towards anybody or anything like that for how they want to live their life. It's their life. Do what you want. Right. Um, but on the other hand, 
she's not promoting a healthy lifestyle. She's promoting being big and accepting yourself. And I think there's a line there somewhere where you have to find out that. And I guess it's it's the, the consumer too. Right? The people who are watching it being able to find the line and be like, you know, you go girl, you do things how you want to do them. Mm-hmm. But also knowing that it's not the healthiest to be that big. Yeah. I, I just don't, I don't think she's being that big so that she can show herself off though. I think she is that big. I think she's going to be that big whether or not she shows herself off or not. Right. And so she's, you know, she's just being her. Well, it's, it's funny what you said a while ago, like the whole Jillian Michaels thing, uh, that if anybody doesn't know, Jillian Michaels has had that in an interview where she basically said that, you know, she could have diabetes coming up in the in next 10 years or whatever. And that we should be pray if that she likes her music and we should be praising her music, not her body, mm-hmm. um, because it's not a healthy body, that kind of a thing. So, of course, media has gone crazy about it, Absolutely. saying that she's fat shaming her. But you said something that was really interesting. That's they're not fat shaming her or she's not fat shaming her. She's shaming her fat, mm-hmm. which in one way could mean the same exact thing, but in the other way it doesn't because it's like you're not shaming her as a person for being fat. You're shaming the fat that she's carrying around itself. Yeah. Right? Right. The, the Another funny thing is, is that when I said that, it, I didn't have to explain what I said because it really is splitting hairs when, yeah. when you say that. Right. Fat shaming versus shaming fat. But you, you instantly, it made you think. You, you thought about it and you realized that what I was doing was separating the, the fat from the person. Right. Because honestly, she has a number one uh, hit, apparently, on one of the charts, billboards or something. So I, I don't mm-hmm. know either. I don't know her music. But the reason why I know her, well, now I guess, is because of her, her showing herself and being big. Right. Because that is that has added to her popularity. But, you know, once again, she's popular now. I heard of her because even though I wouldn't have, but because I did, because she's big, that's, she's that much more popular, that much more exposure, both literally and figuratively. Right. That much more exposure. You get it? Yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I, so I, I don't know. I, I can see both sides of it, but at the same time, I don't think it's necessarily, I don't know. I, I guess you you might liken it to someone who, who happens to be a rock star and does a lot of drugs and they, they by proxy because they're exposing themselves or because of their lyrics, it, it seems like they're praising the drug lifestyle. Really. They're just, they're, they just happen to be exposing themselves. They, they happen to be a drug user, which is an unhealthy lifestyle, right? Using illicit drugs. And so because that comes out in their art form because of, of their exposure, you might see them uh, obviously looking like they're trashed, you know, most of the time, and they sing about doing, you know, the effects of drugs in their lyrics. Do you well, think that's praising drugs, but really but, they're just kind of using themselves as their art? Right. It's like it's like stand up comedy too, right? It's you're you talk about what you know, and the lifestyle that you lead is what you know. So, like, just because you're talking about something doesn't mean you're praising it. Like a stand up comedian might be making something funny. Yeah trying to be funny ab- about a bad situation. Right. But people take that as, oh, well, you're praising what you're doing because you think it's funny. Yeah. No, I'm just trying to make 
you know, find a bright side in something bad that's going on. Exactly. Same thing with music. You know, yeah. they if they do drugs, they know they do drugs. They're talking about their feelings while they're on drugs or why they can't stop drugs or whatever. Right. Same thing. They're not singing about it because they're praising it and saying this is an awesome lifestyle. They're sa- they're talking about it because this is what I know. Yeah. And these are my feelings about it. Right. So yeah. Yeah. And I think it all ties in together. I, I think you you are you are what you are. You are you're not necessarily what you um what you portray. Right. If that makes any sense. And, and maybe maybe that's wrong. I think in, in Lizzo's case and, and the other cases we're talking about, I think that rings true. I don't think that people I doubt that people do drugs or eat a bunch of food or whatever it is that you might be considered unhealthy. I don't think they do that just for the exposure. I think they already do that, and so they expose it because that is that person. It is them. Well, so. like you said, and, and but somebody being big like that who is spreading a word to where people feel better about themselves for being bigger isn't necessarily a bad thing because it is making people feel better about themselves regardless of what the situation is. Right. It just, I guess, depends on how they use that because – do I want to, if, if you tell me it's okay to be big now, do I just stay big because I know I think it's okay. Or could that motivate me to be like, I'm okay how I am, but I could be better mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Right. Sure. Instead yeah. of just feeling bad about yourself because you're big. And I think another variable might be that there are, there are bigger, healthy people. Right. People are built different. Right. You know, so I think Jillian Michaels to, to kind of jump out and say that she's probably going to have diabetes in 10 years or whatever she said, I think it's a little presumptive. Right. It does. Um, because just because someone is bigger doesn't mean that they are necessarily going to have metabolic disorders that they're that they're that unhealthy. You, right. you just don't know. Yeah, it's kind of funny they said that too. Because I heard uh, I was listening to Ben Shapiro in an episode of his earlier this week, mm-hmm. and uh, he was talking about uh, it was a sponsor or something that he was trying to talk about, and he said that uh, let's be real. Most people who do New Year's resolutions saying that they're going they're trying to get healthier, they really mean they're trying to get skinnier. Right. And I, I, it really clicked with me when he mm-hmm. said that because I was like, people don't distinguish between that. Right, and they it, should. Yeah, just because I stop eating so much doesn't necessarily mean I'm healthier. It just means I'm skinnier, which means I portray that I'm healthier. Right. But people don't know what I'm eating. People don't know what I'm doing to lose the weight or anything like that. Exactly. You could You could probably lose weight, I'm sure, if you just ate a bag of potato chips once a day and that was all you ate, you'd probably lose weight. Right. But your health, your nutrition is going to go in the toilet. Right. You're going to feel like crap. You're going to, you're going to look terrible, but you're going to be skinnier. Right. Probably, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's probably a smaller group of people that are that way though. I mean, the majority of people know what it takes to actually lose weight or to be skinnier. And even though they may not do a whole lot of it, like a whole lot of cardio or anything like that, most people are probably in turn going to be healthier because they're skinnier, right? Because they're not carrying the extra weight. So, yeah, it's just, it's kind of one of those things. It kind of goes hand in hand, healthier and skinnier, depending. Depending on how skinny, for one thing. Right. But also depending on your route to get there. Right. Like, I guarantee if you get you a bunch of speed <laughs> and, you, and you snort a bunch of meth, you're going to get skinnier. You know, but you're you're definitely not healthier, right? <laughs> Probably not. I I would. So I, I, I don't know for sure, but <laughs> you know, things I've seen tell me otherwise. I I, yeah. I think the 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 model that you use, the the approach that you use to get there, is is definitely going to define your your health more so than than your skinniness, right? But I I do agree there there is a correlation, a direct correlation between skinny and healthy. 
Um, but it's just not, it's such a wide continuum. It's a broad spectrum that you really can't, just because you're skinny does not mean you're healthy. Just because you're, you're bigger does not mean you're unhealthy. Right. You know, it, there's, there's a lot of different variables that go in there, but we as a society, as a culture, you know, I, I think it is fat shaming is a real thing. Of course, mm-hmm. I think it's getting better now though. I think Lizzo is, is proof of that. And, and she's, uh, She's not necessarily the first one to do it. Maybe the one with this much exposure. I, I don't know. Literally, right? Again, Jesus. get it? <laughs> but uh, she, uh, she, she's a product, I think, of, of our culture kind of coming to grips with the fact that we shouldn't be shaming people like that. Right. And once again, with the, the shaming of the fat, I think we just have to be smart about it. I think we need to be intelligent about what it looks like to be a healthy person. Right. That's going to have another spider web that we're not going to go down, but just to, just to allude to is that that has uh, implications for our society as a whole as well on our healthcare system. Right. We need to be a healthier society overall, which I did see a report um, the other day, no citations folks, none at all. But I saw one, I believe on probably social media that said uh, cigarette smoking is down it's lowest point. I did hear about that. Like, so that's good news. That, that, that means people are starting to come around. Like I'm not, I'm not a smoker Nazi. I, I don't, you know, if you smoke, that's fine. I'm a, you know, I, I get it. But um, I mean, does it have to do with vaping? Do you think it's because a lot of people have switched to vaping? I doubt it. You don't I think doubt, so? Really? Not, not real smokers. Smokers. Um, it, it could, that could have some, I, I, I doubt the numbers are that strong. I know many smokers who have tried vaping and they just like, this is kid stuff. It's like, yeah. this doesn't replace my nicotine, my cigarette at least that I need. So, right. but it could, it could, I'm sure that it probably has some, I, I don't know if the studies, I said cigarette smoking. I don't know if it said smoking in general. Um, could just be nicotine or something. Could be, could be. I don't know if it includes snuff, smokeless tobacco, right. if you will. So what about uh, the, which I mean, I know, I guess it was just Illinois, but the implementation of, um, you know, weed dispensaries and weed becoming legal and things like that too. Recreational. Recreational. Uh, you think that has a big part to do with it? I, I, I wonder, I wonder about that. Uh, not because I just think there's a bunch of people out there who want to be smoking weed instead, but because of price of weed. Like I've seen some people posting receipts from Illinois of paying like 300 bucks or more for what they bought. Yeah. And ridiculous. they really didn't buy a whole lot of stuff Mm-mm. versus, you know, being able to buy a couple of packs of cigarettes. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. The whole weed dispensary thing is another interesting topic. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't happen in 2019. Well, I, I, the votes went through in 2019. Right. So we can talk about it. Yeah. Because they just, they didn't actually take place. The implementation wasn't until beginning of this year. Right. January. You see the lines. Yes. Insane. Stupid. One of the reasons that is happening is because, you know, there's with the laws that are passed, they passed they they pass like how many dispensaries can be within, you know, the given population or whatever. Right. They have to calculate, project these numbers. And so there's only like a handful mm-hmm. of dispensaries for the entire state of Illinois. Right. And they said the hoops that they had to jump through to actually be regulated and right. you know, make it work were ungodly. It's That's stupid. why. So but let's let's backtrack a little bit and talk about Illinois. Their their uh, rationale behind all this is money, straight up money. Uh-huh. It has nothing to do with our individual freedoms, our rights, nothing like that. It has to do with Illinois is a bankrupt state. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they're actually bankrupt, but they are they are broke, right? Mm-hmm. They're always struggling. Take a trip down their roads one day and right. see if they don't fix whew, their potholes <laughs> are like 
They're gullies. Right. They're gullies. They're highway gullies. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to harp on Illinois. I really don't have much against Illinois, other than the fact that they have. For, they're doing this all for money. They're going to jack up the prices. They're going to make these people pay an ungodly amount for the marijuana that they're getting. And what's the tax? Like twenty something percent. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's stupid. Is what it is. And then they're going to only put so many dispensaries and have the, the lines. If you didn't see it on social media, they were miles, yeah, miles long. And people are going to do that because it's like, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but I remember in my hometown, I worked at Hardee's, right? Okay. Well, when we, during my time there, a McDonald's opened up in town. And it's a small town, right? And so everybody went completely berserk because McDonald's was in town. And for the first like month, there were lines coming out of that McDonald's out to the parking lot. It was just insanity because people wanted chicken McNuggets so bad, right? right? It's this Mm -hmm. new thing. It happens anytime you have something that's like brand new, people Mm -hmm. just go crazy over it. Right. Right? It's like, it's almost like a Black Friday on steroids. Mm -hmm. This is what's happening over there in Illinois right now. People are just, they're going to stand in lines and wait for six hours to get overpriced weed from a state that could care less about their their personal freedoms. Right. Right. I have a problem with that model. Sorry for the, the long soapbox. But there. do you that have probably... a, do you have a problem with the with them selling weed rec- recreationally? I mean, because you look at like no. Colorado and states like that who have had this that are making ungodly amounts of money off of it. Sure. Off of something that grows in the ground that uh-huh. people are you know can now buy. Yeah, I have no problem with it. I didn't. Th- I didn't figure you would. I was just curious. No, it's. I'm. I'm big on freedoms mm-hmm. and personal freedoms, independent. You know, independence, rights, individual rights. Um, I'm not big on government constraints. Right. And people just need to be responsible mm-hmm. with it. Uh, Marijuana is not for everybody. Some people, you know, it can cause some psychotic features in your mind. You don't want that. It's not a good thing. I mean, I'm curious about how that works. Um, because, you know, I'm sure people are just able to walk in. I mean, I, I guess you have to have a license and stuff like that first. But I'm curious on how that, like the people who are selling it at the dispensaries, like what kind of knowledge they have to have before they can do it. Or can they just be hired on and just sell, you know, be behind like a bartender basically and just sell it. You're talking about regulatory wise? I have no, I'm, no I'm, idea. I'm talk- well, I'm talking about like uh, you just said it's not for all people. Mm-hmm. And different strains are different for different people and things like that too, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just curious on like how much knowledge the person selling it has to have to be able to tell them mm-hmm. what they what they should buy or whatever. Yeah, that's what I mean by regulatory. Oh, okay. Like like what are the rules for someone who is um, selling this weed right. to the public at large? What kind of are there any rules in place that say that this person has to have this much training before you right. can do that? You right. know, right. like I don't know, like you, you got to train for different governmental jobs, like to be a postal worker or whatever. You have to, you know, pass an exam or whatever. Right, but um, you know, it, it, like it's kind of like a bartender. Like I said, like you can hire a bartender to be behind the bar. Basically, all they know how to, all they need to know how to do is make a drink and give it to somebody. Right, they don't have to have a whole lot of training on this is what this drink is going to do to you if you if you drink it. Yeah, right. you got to. A bartender knows a lot of drinks, though. They know right. they know the the especially once they get going and they're really good at their job. They know the amounts that you put in vodka and then you know this much of a Klua and so on and so forth. Right, and but so. but if you think about like alcohol, kind of like what weed, you said that you know weed affects people differently. Different alcohols affect people differently. You know, somebody drink a tequila 
may want to fight somebody, but mm-hmm. drinking a beer might be completely different, you yeah. know? So different alcohols affect people differently also. Yeah. So that, that's where I'm going with the same kind of concept with that. Yeah. So there's, I guess the difference there, I, I don't know that, I don't know if they have any kind of rules. I'd be interested to find out about what kind of training that they require for people who are dispensing the, the weed to actually know the knowledge about this strain will, will put you at ease, but this strain can make you a little paranoid. Right. So what, what's your thoughts on the, uh, I guess it's a waiver or whatever you have to sign that basically says that you can't own a firearm if you buy weed? That goes right back to my personal freedoms. It's, it's wrong. But what, it's what, a, what's the connection is my, my, where my curiosity lies? It's, it's complete stupidity on the, on the part of the government. Okay. Or, or it might just be genius because they want us to be unarmed. So it's so, like, we'll, so give, they we'll know, give you something you've really wanted for a long time if you give us what we want we'll, from you. We'll give you something that grows naturally from the ground that we said was illegal right. if you turn over your firearms. Right. Yeah. That that. How much sense does that make? And people are, are, are going to fall all over it. I know, but I just I don't understand it. I mean, I know you say it's complete stupidity, and I get it, but I don't understand the connection. There, well, but, there is no connection. You know, it, it's, it's almost like we've gotten past, to some degree... The whole reefer madness thing. Did you ever watch that movie? I never watched it, but I know you're talking okay. about. Okay, I'm gonna have to get it to you because which it's, everybody scared everybody back in the day. Said it was like made people crazy, and it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, these right. people, this, the the folks on that show, which was a, a for real propaganda movie mm-hmm. made, I think in the 30s. These people look like they were on like bath salts and crack or something. I don't know. It was just they they were insane. It nothing to do with actual what you know anything that looks like being high. Mm-hmm. Nothing like that. It's the same concept with a gun. Right. All right. There's no reason why smoking a joint would cause you not to be able to have a firearm in your house. Right. There's no connection. Right. And, and, I'm, and I'm not saying this If nothing because, else, you'd be more cautious with the gun. Right. And I'm not saying this because I'm for or against anything. I don't have any experience with it. I'm sure. just curious because of the fact that I can have... 20 shotguns in my house right now, but I also have a full liquor cabinet in my basement. Absolutely. But, no questions asked. Right. But if I wanted to smoke a joint... Legally. Legally, I couldn't have any of those shotguns mm-hmm. in my house. No. It's it's straight up extortion, if you ask yeah. me. A form right. of extortion, I guess. Um, it's just that, no, we'll, we'll give you this. We'll, we'll throw you this bone, but you're going to have to give us this. You know? Even I was though just, we're also charging you 20-something percent. Ungodly tax. amount. And, and people are falling all over it. <laughs> I know. I get people it. People are falling all over it. That's what I don't like. I get it. You know, in, any law in any state where they make which is just even stupid to say where they make recreational uh, marijuana use legal mm-hmm. any law where they don't also state that it's okay to grow your own is bunk if they say you can do it but you got to come here to get it and you got to give up your guns you got to do this you got to jump through this hoop you got to kiss my butt you got to you know it just keeps going on and on and on no no I, I i would i wouldn't fall for it i wouldn't do it i wouldn't buy into that it's not a personal freedoms it's 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 a ploy to just milk the public for everything that's worth, and they're they're they now got this little carrot. Here, come get your, you can't get your little weed. It is legal now to grow a certain amount, though, right? Like, can't you have a certain amount of your own in Illinois? I don't. Is it just, is Illinois? Does Illinois do that? I don't know. I, I, know. I thought I thought some states had like a regulation on you can have this, you can grow this much of your own. So I I don't know about Illinois. I'm just saying oh, gotcha. the whole gun thing is, is wrong from get go. Right. All right. And, but some, I know that some states are saying that, okay, you can do this, but you can't, you know, if, if, let me, let me back up. I don't, I don't even want to say it because there's no citations. I got no resources with me, but I'm pretty sure 
that there are some places where they're saying you can buy from us, but you can't have your you can't grow your own plants. Gotcha. Um, if that's the case, that's wrong. Now Missouri, I happen to know because we now have medicinal marijuana legalized in Missouri. Right. You can go get your green card. It's called. Um, you have to have a pre-existing disorder or one that's you know diagnosed thereafter. But if right. you have a pre uh, a pre-existing disorder that you can verify, you can go get your green card and you can legally smoke. You you can legally. Um, you know, possess marijuana and you can also possess, I think up to five plants. Gotcha. So Missouri's on the right track. And I feel like Missouri is probably going to be one of your more independent minded States, you know, believe it or not, they're going to, they're going to have the the fewest regulations when things do you know actually become more legal. Like the medicinal medicinal marijuana is a big step for Missouri. Cause we're usually, you know, toward the last because we are a conservative ish state right. for the most part, um, barring St. Louis and Kansas city. Right. Otherwise, we're a conservative state, and so a lot of these so-called what are considered moral issues of our day, Missouri's going to fall, you know, pretty close to dead last. But having said that, uh, when they do pass these uh, laws and make things legal, I think they're going to be closer to the right side of having individual rights. Gotcha. Um, hopefully, I don't have to eat my words on that. Yeah, I agree. They seem to be. But yeah, yeah. I, I want the, I want the form of government that has the least. Restrictions and the most individual rights. That's that's my biggest thing. I don't care if it's Democrat, Republican, Libertarian. Uh, have you seen uh, what's his name? That guy that Will, our friend Will, is always promoting. Uh, Vermin Supreme. Mm-mm. Vermin Supreme. He wears a big boot on his head, and he's got. He's just. He looks like a transient. He looks like a homeless person, and he's running for president, twenty twenty. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you should check him out. Okay, so moving along, there were some fun, fun things, some fun challenges in 2019 on Facebook, such as the uh, the bottle cap kickoff challenge. Remember kicking oh, off yeah. bottle caps? Yeah, that was fun. There was also the decade challenge where you, you post a picture from 10 years ago mm-hmm. and post a picture from now. That yeah, was I, don't, fun. I don't think I had a picture from 10 years ago, so I never did it. Yeah. No, I didn't either. Or I didn't care to do it. That was part of it also. I think it was both for me as well. <laughs> I was like, I thought about it. I'm like, you know, because I've, I've been on Facebook since 08. I've been a member since then, mm-hmm. right? Because I remember getting on. And it, the only reason I got on at that point in time was because I, our job had shut down up at uh, the factory we used to work at. And somebody reached out and I wanted to stay in touch with everybody. So I was actually using Facebook for its intended purpose right. back then. Anyway, uh, but I got to thinking about it. I was like, you know, I don't know if I have any pictures of myself from back then. And then I thought to myself, you know what? I'm pretty sure I don't care. <laughs> so moving on. <laughs> Greta Thunberg. Uh, Thunberg. I think I pronounced that right. You know who that is? I don't. Greta Thunberg. I, the whole uh, Ricky Gervais thing. Uh, did you hear? Did you hear that part? Just in I, the. I, I knew it was a thing, but I don't know anything about it. He was basically talking about uh, Hollywood celebrities and basically saying that most of you have less schooling than Greta Thunberg. But I didn't get it because I don't know who that is. Okay. So Greta Thunberg was a, a girl. I don't know how she got the platform, but she got to a platform. Um, I don't know if it was at the United Nations, somewhere where there was a bunch of people who who care. It, it might have been the Climate climate Change Summit or something like that. Something mm-hmm. where a lot of countries were together, I believe. And she is a girl. I, I thought she was younger than what she is. Apparently, she's 16 years old. And she's a so-called climate activist. And she, um, yeah, she gave a, a chilling and powerful speech to the UN at the Climate Action Summit. So I was right on both counts, surprisingly enough. Usually, I'm, usually I'm not right on Congra- either account. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to, maybe my day's turning around. <laughs> um, and she was also uh, recently Times Person of the Year for 2019. So it's, you know, it's apt that we discuss her in, in the review. Okay. But she, um, she gave a speech 
that was both criticized and applauded, depending on which side of the of the climate fence you're sitting on, I guess. And she was talking about how the today's uh, in, industrial culture or, or whatever your the whole the whole kit and caboodle, whoever's polluting our planet, is leaving not even giving the younger generation a chance. And she did it in a way where her mannerisms were kind of snippy. She was casting kind of judgment on those in power. And uh, she had good things to say, but she was also torn apart, ridiculed. She talked about Trump. You know, she she went off on him for a little bit, which, you know, who doesn't nowadays? Everybody does. Right. And so uh, she was just someone who made some waves and was also ridiculed. I believe she's also autistic. She's on the spectrum, not like severely because she can speak well and things like that, at least to some degree. But uh, so people were like, how dare you make fun of this little girl for getting on here and in promoting, you know, climate, wanting to do good things for the earth. And other people were like, yeah, shut up, Greta. It's like, who, who are you? Like, right. You just got popular because you're a you're a kid talking about climate change. And right. that's about it. Nothing groundbreaking. Okay. It, was, it was kind of, you know, it was the thing gotcha. that it, it's a thing that's going to fade with everything else. And, you know. As the years go by, the one thing I did want to unpack, though, and this will probably be close to our last thing, if not our last thing, is Storm Area Fifty One. <laughs> what did you think about Storm Area Fifty One? What, what? Go back to like when we were. Uh, I know we talked about it with um, the trapped guitarist, Brendan. I was, Brendan, I, I was just yes, going to say that. Actually, Hangel. I was going to be like the fact that we were able to talk about this with. A member of the band Trapped. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. So, but it also gives us a reference point. So, back then, what what was your what were your opinions of the? Because it hadn't happened yet at this point. Obviously, it was we were projecting. What were your thoughts on it? Like your 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 for real opinions about Storm Area Fifty One. It's stupidity. (laughs) It's 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 a Facebook thing that caught fire. Uh huh. And it's like a hipster thing, basically. It, like it's a Facebook thing that caught fire. People thought it was funny, so they start saying they're going to go. Uh huh. And the the fact that if anybody really thought that it was possible to do that, they're out of their minds. Did you actually ever think that they would attempt it? I feel like there are people out there stupid enough to do it. Okay. But I don't know if I really. It was kind of like I'll 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 see it if it happens, kind of a thing. Yeah, believe it when I see it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's really as far as I really took. Like it, it became a big deal, and people, you know, even where like military was like, no, <laughs> this is the stupidest thing. Yeah, and like we have people that are here trained to kill people that try to do this. Mm-hmm. And you think that you're just going to get enough people on Facebook that's going to come in and storm it? Like, well, even if you do, what are you what are you going to find? What are you going to do? What are you going to find? Now that is interesting, right? To think about what you know, and a lot of good memes came out of it uh-huh. about like the aliens they were going to find and become friends with, and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, I, I think it was just absolute stupidity. Yeah, in, from the beginning that just caught fire. I've got to be honest with you. I, I like the idea of, because I think it was like over a million people, like 1.2 or something like that on Facebook, who said they were going to be at Area 51 to storm the gates. Okay, but... I like the the but, idea was but, appealing to me. The idea is cool, but dumb it down <laughs> all the way to the bottom. Right. To 
they clicked a button on their phone. Right, yeah. And said, yeah. I'll be there. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that. I There's get that. a big difference between me using my finger to do this uh-huh. and me showing up to storm Area 51. Right. Now, my opinion then, as is now, of course, but I never thought that it was actually going to happen. Never. Right. There was, there's no way. Right. I, I don't believe, because of that very fact that people clicked a button on their phone, sitting you know, on their couch, watching America's Got Talent and, and eating bacon or something. I don't know. Right. But they were sitting there on their phone and there's no way that they're going to get up. A million point, 1.2 million people are going to go and collapse on Area 51 in the desert and storm that bad boy. But having said that, I still find the the concept appealing, right? But I also liken this to other things I've thought about. Why don't a million point two people um, go and storm uh, Congress or the White House if, if they're so worried about you know Trump or or the laws that are being made? Or why don't they do it to Goldman Sachs if they're so worried about the financial institution or Wall Street? You know, because they did have Occupy Wall Street for a minute. Yeah, and but, it worked but- for. A, a hot minute, I guess. But storming places like that, what are you doing to really expose anything by by storm? Like, were you just going to make physical altercation when you walk in the door? Sure. Uh, it, well, you're not getting anywhere. Like, if, if they, I think they felt like if they were to storm Area 51, they were going to find the secrets that have been hidden from us for so long. They were going to expose the government in that way. Okay. I guess. I guess the uh, another uh, uh, a better way to put it would be to occupy, like occupy Wall Street. I guess okay. occupy. Right. Wall Street, or Occupy, the White House, or whatever right. would be a yeah. better way to put it, just to make their their presence known. One, I, I am not proposing to do this. I know in I any way, it. shape, or form. <laughs> I get it. Anybody's up? <laughs> you heard me, um, podcast listeners. You hear me right now. I am not proposing that. My, it, it's my. I'm relating this to the why this the storm Area 51 wasn't going to happen to the same things as why don't people do that? They want to talk big game. Mm-hmm. They want to talk about, well, government this, government that. But they do very little to back up their talk, right? I don't talk about those things. Why? I mean, I talk about things that suck, like, you know, marijuana laws and things like that. But I don't talk about going and, and storming, a, you know, Springfield, Illinois, at the Capitol to, to make change because I'm not going to do it. Right. I know I'm not going to do it. I'm right. not going to push a button and say I'm going to do it because I am not going to be disingenuous and lie to you with my Facebook buttons. Well, there's a difference you know? between... Talking about doing something and talking about other people doing something. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's yeah. what we stick to. We yeah. stick to talking about other people doing exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> I need you all to go out there and change some laws for me. <laughs> I'll be on my couch watching America's Got Talent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't be watching that. I'll be watching uh, American Ninja, probably Warrior or Blue Bloods or yeah, like yeah, Blue Bloods definitely. It's still an eye on it, and the new episodes I guess are still coming. But uh, the the newer episodes are starting to be less and less appealing for me, though. Gotcha. But it took. What I don't know ten not ten seasons is it but close to I think nine seasons for me to really start falling off that's like a record it, with know, the exception of the original Law and Order that's a, that's a record for me in you know time to watch the show um okay so just a recommendation if you I don't have you would ever have time to watch it or not but so have you ever seen the show Last Man Standing I, I've never actually watched it um okay so the youngest daughter in that show is the lead character in another show that's on. Netflix called Unbelievable. Okay. It's actually really well done and mm. it's really good. I, I think it was like seven or eight episodes or something like that. But the premise is this girl who in the middle of the night, somebody climbs into her apartment and rapes her mm. and she goes to the police the next morning and 
basically was trying to tell them, hey, I was raped. And it was a back and forth between her and the the police officers. And she was so nervous and so out of it and so this that, and the other that the p- police officers basically got her to say that it didn't really happen. And so it's, it's kind of like a, a psychological thing. Like, you know, you're trying so hard to block something out because it was so traumatic. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically she, she goes back and forth between her, uh, between the police station and telling them this actually happened. This didn't happen. This actually happened. This didn't happen. And it, and, uh, I'm not going to tell you, like tell, give any spoilers on what happens or anything, but then it starts basically cases start building up mm. with other women having the same situations and it going down the line. And then this is an ongoing show. Uh, it's done. I think it was just a one, like a one series thing gotcha. I, unless they decide to do anything more with it. Gotcha. And I don't know how much fire it's actually caught with uh, popularity or anything, but mm. we started watching it and got through it and it was, it's actually really good. Mm. It's a, uh, it, it's, it's, if you think about the psychological aspect of it and you think you watch these women, talk about something traumatic and it, it, it like has different women who deal with it differently, which is kind of cool because it's like one person might block it out completely and try to act like it didn't happen. One person might really have anxiety and, you know, can't, is debilitating and can't live everyday life anymore really well and yeah. things like that. So it's, interesting. it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty neat show. Hmm. So okay. if you ever get a chance, check it out. I will. Um, I haven't been doing much Netflixing lately. Just I, I, I have been watching some of the old throwback movies lately, like from the '90s. Your John Grisham movies. Your um, what are some of them? Like with uh, Ben Affleck's little buddy. What's his name? Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah, he's in. A, he's in a couple of them, and uh, where he's a lawyer, you know, and he's fighting these big time lawyers and. Your typical, you know, '90s type of uh, drama movies, and mm-hmm. just been watching some throwbacks lately. But that's a, a few and far between because I've I've had a lot going on lately, you know, with uh, work and. Yeah, I'm I'm really dumb when it comes to movies and TV because I I will tell myself that I can't justify watching a whole movie and you spending the time to do it, but, but I can binge watch a TV show. <laughs> It makes no sense, but in my mind, for some reason, that makes sense. Right. But I guess it's because like I can. I can watch. I I will not let myself watch a movie if I can't get through the entire movie. Right. I'm not somebody who can watch half a movie and then go back to it again and watch that the, makes the sense. other half because you're into you're invested and then you're not invested and you're try to get back invested again yeah. and try to remember what happened before and all that kind of stuff. But a show a TV show is differently because it may be a half an hour long and you can you know get through one and then come back. Or whatever. So I guess that's how my brain justifies it. But I was going to say it's interesting though because you're chunking. Basically, you can chunk series into your in your time frame. But I would also argue that I'm the opposite, mind you. But you you find more value for whatever reason reasons in the series than you do in the movies. And that, there's probably a lot of variables there once again. But you you're finding more valuable because you're you're basically committing your time, you're spending time, right? Mm-hmm. Time is a limited resource that we have, and you don't feel like spending your time watching movies because another thing might be that series seem to, seem to be a little more well done than what movies are nowadays as far as right. plot lines, as far as you know, compelling, uh, having a compelling nature about them to keep you, you know, interested and wanting to see the end or you know, wanting to keep going. I, I wonder why that is. Uh, I guess maybe because... 
like in a series, you can start and end something, like in one episode. You can start and end something in one episode. The next episode, you can go in any, dire- any direction you want. Yeah. Like you keep the same storyline, but you can go in any direction you want, depending on the show, I guess. Movies kind of hard to do that because all the scenes are tied together directly. So it's hard to, unless you're like a Quentin Tarantino or something, mm-hmm. it's hard to shift things in a movie and put everything into an hour and a half versus a series that could be, you know, 10 episodes of an hour long show. Right. That's 10 hours that yeah. you can put it. So you, it takes, I'm sure it takes a lot longer to make the shows or the, you know, TV shows, but I feel like that might be why. Could be, could be. That's, that's something that we could definitely unpack for a while. I, I'm surprised that series is, had such a portability because a series like on traditional TV back in my day, uh, you would have to wait for a full week before you got to see the the next episode, right? Like I've been I've been rewatching Cheers a little bit with uh, nice. my, my daughter Kayla. She's into all the old shows that we used to watch. That's me awesome. and my wife, so it's awesome. Yeah, she loves all that stuff more than she likes anything. <laughs> and so she, we've been watching Cheers. And you know, there's some cliffhangers, like when uh, Sam and Diane, you think they're going to break up. You don't know what's going to happen. Well, we're watching it in succession. You know, we don't binge watch per se, but we'll watch a couple of two or three episodes, and we can we can see what's going to happen next immediately. Mm-hmm. Well, back in the day, you had to wait a full week, right? Right, and and so you're you're making sure that your schedule permits you time to watch that next episode. You know, whenever I don't remember what day it was on, but next Thursday, right? Because you got to see what happens with Sam and Diane. And yeah. so, but series is that was a cliffhanger that kept you coming back. And so, advertisers right. loved it, of course, because they kept you glued to the TV. Nowadays, we don't see advertisements on Netflix. We actually pay for the service, and the series is we can watch it as we, you know, as whenever we want. Right. And I think where the change up there is is that so when you're doing something weekly, like like it used to be, where you have a show today and then a show next Thursday and then a show the next Thursday. You could do a cliffhanger every episode if you wanted to, right? And a lot of times they would. Like you have to wait until the next week to find out what happened at the end of that episode. Right? Can't really do that on a sh- on a Netflix show that you're binging because you're gonna know in five seconds when the next episode starts right. what happened. But there are really good shows that are on Netflix that wait until the very end of the season put a hell of a cliffhanger in there and then you have to wait a year before the se- next season comes out. True. So to me that that's worse than you yeah. waiting a week. I've got to wait a year to find out, you know, who killed that guy or whatever, you know. A year if you're lucky sometimes like with Ozark. Like they left Which you is hanging. coming back. Did you see that? When? March. Is it March? Uh-huh. Because I've been waiting and haven't heard. You don't, you don't I know. I'm pretty there, sure it was March. But because yeah. when they cut those things off, it happened with a, another show that uh, me and my girl watch. Uh, it's a cartoon, a Disenchantment. It's like they they, they just stopped the series and, and it says, you know, we'll have more episodes, we think. You don't know. It doesn't say specifically or it doesn't and give I, you a time frame. Yeah, I, it's wonder, like, I wonder if that's like a contract thing with Netflix, though, on the on the reasoning why they don't, they're they vague about, mm-hmm. about it. Probably. Um, you know, but you know, shows like Ozark and stuff like that are so phenomenal yeah. that I, I, I can't personally imagine them not doing another season. But there's so many moving parts that go into right. those seasons coming out Yeah, that, you know... It seems like because for the most part, anyone who's who's doing anything milks it till it, you can't get any more out of the teat, right? right. You mm-hmm. just keep milking that thing dry. Ozark's got a lot of milk left. That that tit has a lot to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, another thing about the the schematics of these Netflix series is, is like the Haunting of Hill House. I know you tried to watch, didn't really get into it, but they would. There was there are some episodes in that series 
which is just a one season series. But there are some episodes that are just nothing but character building, nothing but that. And you can't do that in a normal series or else you're going to think, well, I'm not going to watch the rest of this because I'm going to forget everything that just happened because there, it, I think it's more conducive to binge watching because mm-hmm. now the next episode after that character building, bam, something happens in the plot. It's like, right. whoa, what just happened there? So it draws you back in. Right. Um, it's something you couldn't do traditionally, I think, and that's something that they can work with a little more because of binge watching. And I think it also keeps you coming back. So yeah. very interesting concepts to me. Yeah, and and I, they're uh, they're really taking advantage of people thriving on binge watching now. But I'm also into shows like Black Mirror and stuff like that, Absolutely. where every episode's different. Absolutely, it doesn't have to be a continuation of what happened before or cliffhangers or whatever. Yeah, you know, it can be a, a completely different thing, which yeah. I like that too. There's man, there's a lot of good movies in that what I consider in that vein of mm-hmm. Black Mirror, not necessarily the same but like uh, the, uh, it's called Other Life mm-hmm. and there's also one it's a Johnny Depp movie which is totally not a Netflix movie but um, it's the one with the uh, where he's um, he dies and they take his consciousness and put it in the computer and he just starts starts taking no transcendence oh, okay. and that's a great movie uh, of course I love um, uh, Ex Machina that's yeah, still on Netflix I've watched movie. it I don't know probably 20 times oh really I just watch I just love it it's yeah, like it's one of my go to's yeah um, and there's one called Other Life. I think I mentioned that. There's another one with Ryan Reynolds. What's that called? Like self, selfless. Oh, I don't know. Something. Something. That sounds weird. familiar, but I don't know. it's like where he um, he's an old guy starting out, and he's dying of cancer, and they take his consciousness and put it in a younger body that they said they they I think they they said they made it in the lab. End up that might not be the case. No spoiler alerts there, but it's definitely it's it's more of an action type of movie, hmm. uh, but thriller also, and it's uh, interesting. I I like that Netflix is doing that. I guess that's kind of the kind of the where the 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 wave, the tide of the culture is going to with the so, high technology. There's two other shows that I've kind of gotten that I've started getting into. I've only watched the first episode of both, but uh, the show you is getting a lot of attention. I don't know if you've seen that or not. Uh, basically about a stalker. I have not. Um, watched the first episode and it's pretty good. Um, what was uh, the other one is uh, fight. I think it's fighting with myself. The uh, new Paul Rudd series. That's pretty good too because it's about like. Is that where he clones? He yeah, clone? mm-hmm. he clones, but the place that like they they clone bodies, mm-hmm. but they get rid of any of the ones that are like defective or that they don't want to use. Well, they didn't apparently kill his clone off like they should have. Then all of a sudden you see him coming out of the ground and then they find, he, he, you know, he goes back to his house because that he's a clone. He knows everything that the original guy knows. So he goes back to that and he's like in his underwear and then it ends up being like a, they find, you know, he finds himself basically and then they go back to the place. And yeah, I saw the first couple, two or three episodes of that. Yeah. But I thought that what they did was they, they make the clone, but they get rid of the original person. They, oh, is that what it was? They killed them, right. but he didn't die. He came up out of his grave, he came up out of that plastic because somehow right. they didn't kill him. Right. And so it was the original Paul Rudd plus his clone right. converge at the same place. And right. so there's all the complexities and problems that happen there. Right. That's that's what I thought happened there in that plot. Yeah. Okay. That, I might have been, I might have had the two flipped. Like yeah. I thought that I thought it was a clone that they got rid of, but maybe it's the original. Maybe the clone is the one that's actually walking around now. Yeah. Because I otherwise, what would happen to the original Paul Rudd? Where would he be? I don't. Know. Well, I, I, my my thought was like if they cloned, like if you had Paul Rudd and you clone him, if the clone wasn't exactly what they wanted, then they would get you know what I'm saying get rid of. 
that clone. I guess that's my thought. Okay, but I got you. It doesn't mean I'm right. Okay, yeah, I got you. Okay, <laughs> I just that was that was my original. Thought. Yeah, that, that that would have me for about two episodes. Third episode I watched, I couldn't stick with it. Oh really? But yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's okay. It's decent. I, I couldn't justify my time on that one. Yeah. But at any rate, yeah, we're hitting up on two hours, man. Sweet. 2019 was a little more interesting as we talk about it than I could find in my own head. So I was yeah. glad we had goodhousekeeping.com. If you if you have some spare <laughs> time, Christ. make sure you check it out, man. It's a it's a thrilling site. You're going to learn a lot of housekeeping information, I'm sure. I guess. And you can do like 2019 review if that floats your boat. <laughs> and uh, no, it's uh, it, it was an okay year, I guess. Nothing groundbreaking for me personally. Um, Not really. Some, some personal or professional development rather um, gearing up in, in my professional life, hopefully to make bigger things happen in the future. But otherwise, just 2019 say, was have, pretty uneventful. Do you have any, I guess it would be a resolution, but do you have any resolutions on like personal growth or anything this year like things that you want to achieve that can happen in this year or you just trying to continue on pretty much just pretty much just continuing uh hopefully with more intensity you know with with more uh focus and commitment I i think focus is a big thing that um that i really want to focus on okay that should be interesting Uh, i know you got to have focus to focus on focus, but right. I, it's something that I, I want to do is to be more, to be less uh, scattered, you know, to, to really be able to focus on the, the couple, two or three things that I really want to develop and try to hone in on those things. Right. Um, and I, that sounds kind of cryptic, but just in my life, I, there's a lot of things going on. Of course, when you have a job and you have, which I don't, I have a career, you know, it's not just a job. I, I, you know, there's the things that, that I do, like it just, it it has implications. It's kind of pervasive in my life. It it has implications when I'm at home, I might think of something or I might get a phone call or something like that. So like the career just never tends to stop. Anyway, you got career, you got family, you got podcasts, you got um, working out, you know, you've got staying in shape, you've got all these different things. Plus you've got other obligations, you know, when, when you got a friend in need or, or something like that. It's it's my life has been too hectic, and I want to try to hone in on how I can be more efficient in my life. It's not necessarily a resolution, but it's just something that I, I'm working on, and it's 2020, so I'm going to be working so on it in 2020. Right. So, and I I feel the same way. Like life can be hectic, but you want to make sure that if it's hectic because you have a lot of things going on, that all of those things that are going on are what's important. Yes. To be going on, yeah. and that you're eliminating anything that makes your life more hectic when it doesn't have to be. And I think another thing here that's that's good to inject is being mindful. Yeah. And I'm not even talking about necessarily practicing mindfulness. I'm talking about, though, because I get hectic, and day one day runs into the next, runs into the next. And I'm like, wait a minute, this, no. I, I don't want my life just to be one one blur of, right. of hectic running around chasing my tail. Right. Right. I want to I want to be able to do some meaningful things to stay focused on those meaningful things and try or fail. At least I tried. You know, at least I stayed focused and was you know I was mindful of it. I enjoyed it. I was present in the moment. You know, and that goes for everything. It goes with with the podcast. I want to stay present and with my kids for sure. I want to be present because they're growing up quickly. Right. And you only get so much time with them, and we only get so much time here on this earth. And so utilize it. You know, and that's that's what I want to do. I heard a great song lyric the other day. It said. Uh, and I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but it's Toad the Wet Sprocket. And he said, um, 
you'll now I'm going to totally butcher it now because I can't remember <laughs> what I said. I even I even mentioned it yesterday with in, in a session with a client. But I said, uh, don't uh, don't waste your time on regret. It, it, actually, it says the only moment that you have is right now, so don't waste it on regret. There it is. Gotcha. The only moment you have is right now, so don't waste it on regret. Right. You know, you, we, you don't want to waste your moments that you have on kicking yourself about the past or worrying about the future or even just running around like a chicken with your head cut off and not taking the time to smell the roses, man. Right. Smell the roses. Absolutely. In 2020, I'm going to smell the roses. That's my resolution. Maybe good on a shirt too. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Smell the roses. Yeah, with a warm brain. Uh huh. <laughs> on another riveting edition. Of... There you go. Perfect. <laughs> We're gonna need bigger shirts. These are <laughs> these are for people who wear three X and larger. <laughs> All right, man. Yep. Here's to 2020. Let's do it. And we're out. Thanks again to all of you Cerebralites out there who continue to support the show. Please keep coming back. Remember that word of mouth is such a great thing. It's like oxygen to our lungs. It's like gold to us. So be sure to tell your friends and family about the show. Also, be sure to show us all of your love on the socials. So check us out at thecepodcast.com. Contact us at cerebral at thecepodcast.com. And go get your merch at buyjack.com slash CEP. And until next time, be sure to keep those big, beautiful brains of yours nice and warm. See ya.